0: Hey guys, how's everybody? You all good? You're quiet. (laughs) It's good to be back. Everybody was slow rolling in. It was like three minutes to nine. There was like four of us in here. I was teasing. I said, was Pastor Don preaching heresy all week or something? I said, did he drive everybody? They said, no. And Randy said he was preaching Old Testament all week. I said, all that explains it. Then he's out on a cross in the parking lot.
1: Oh my goodness, oh we're going to have fun today.
0: (laughs) Hmm. Visitors are saying, what's he talking about? (laughs) We don't need to go into it. I'm just going to believe the gospel today. God's good. We're going to receive communion, you ready? I'm going to thank Him for His precious holy blood that washed us clean and made us free from all sin. Amen. Not some sin, all sin. All sin. Yeah, thank you. Go to Second uh, Peter 1 real quick. Who knows how quick it will be. Let's just go there. I, I just want to read something that came on my heart. God, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Jesus is really awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You guys, ready? Yes. Second Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied in the knowledge of God, verse 2. I'm sorry, verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who is he writing to? To those who have obtained like precious faith. How did we and why do we have a, a like precious faith? How have we have obtained a like precious faith? By the righteousness of of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's the author of our faith, guys. The reason He authored faith is, is because He brought the manifestation of God's love and God's mercy and God's loving kindness and God's forbearance. He authored our faith. He he started faith in our hearts. He wrote faith in our hearts when He sent His Son. He gave us a hope that we didn't have. He gave us an understanding that we didn't have. He revealed a truth that was always there but was hidden. And now it's revealed. So the righteousness of God, the judgment of God saying He's made you right through His Son, writes faith in our heart. Does that make sense? Now if He authored it, the Bible says He's going to finish it. How's He going to finish it? Well one way He's going to finish it is He's never going to change His mind about you. Come on. It's a big deal. You guys awake? You all right?
1: Because I'm always awake, so I don't want to overwhelm anybody. <laughs> you get me at 3 in the morning, Ask Todd. He, he woke me up sleepwalking one time, and I opened
0: my eyes. We went to bed at 1, and he opened my eyes at about 3.30, and I said, Hey, buddy, what's up? What's up? He's sleepwalking, talking, and, and I was like, Hey. Are you okay, buddy?" Big smile on my face. In the morning, he came to and looked at me and realized what it was. He said, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I said, No, hey, what's going Are you dreaming? And he woke up in the morning and he said, I'm glad you're my roommate. You live this thing you're preaching. I woke you at 3.30 and
1: all you could do was smile and say, Hey, buddy. (laughs) He said, most people would have been mad. (laughs) I need sleep. I got to preach tomorrow. I get up at 9 to preach. I got to get up at 7 to preach at (laughs) 9. He said, you just said, Hey, buddy. (laughs) That's so funny.
0: (laughs) Listen, God will never change. His mind about us. It's very, very, very important that we continue in truth. It's very important that we stay hooked up to the fact that God sees us made right through the blood of Jesus. It'll keep you from growing weary and well-doing. It'll keep you from guilt, condemnation, shame. It'll keep you from looking in the mirror and seeing less than what He sees. It's on the wall. I see it every time I teach. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The kingdom's released to us through that righteousness. It's a big deal. It's not something to get familiar with. It's not a Bible term. It's the way God sees you. Amen? And it invokes intimacy and relationship. And it's a real big deal. So where did faith come from? The righteousness of God. Where did the righteousness of God come from? His love. Faith works through love. He was willing to make you right through His Son. He seemed to think the death of His Son was worth your life lived. Don't ever forget this stuff. Trials come, troubles come, pressures come. I just met a lot of folks this week who were really tried and pressed and, and didn't. Honestly, some of them did and some of them didn't. A few did, some of them didn't. Some went to global school, we've had met before, some of them had amazing vision and Perspective in the face of trial. And then I noticed a lot of others had a lot of trial and not clear, rooted and grounded perspective. So the trial just drives you. Determines you, molds you, shapes you, and you're a product of what you're going through. And there's a difference. It's, it's there's a major difference. I saw two different folks there. Some going through extreme stuff and you wouldn't know it. And some going through extreme stuff and it was so apparent. And the only difference between the two is what they were believing. It's not that it's wrong to, to have moments or to weep or to you know, feel like you want prayer for things. I'm talking when it drives you, when it determines what you see and don't see. There's a difference. And uh, it was a very interesting week. And we just preached a lot of truth and saw a lot of good things. Grace and peace be multiplied. So the righteousness of God's proclaimed here, it's stirred faith in us. We're rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. Amen. We're not just positioned in Christ, we're rooted and grounded in love. Grace and peace. No wonder grace and peace, it's pretty good news, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. So the increase of the knowledge of God should increase grace and peace. As His divine power has given to us all things. How many things? Man, this stuff's to be sought out, searched out, and lived out, and fleshed out. Not questioned, challenged, and debated. Man, childlike hearts should be seeking Him in the secret, and hungry to know Him, because He just gave us all things that pertain to life and godliness through Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to understand that, and I want to walk in that, and I don't even mind if I don't totally understand it. I'm just willing for it to be revealed, and I'll, I'll, I'll be aware as I go. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't have to have a head knowledge of what that really means, because that's deep. All things pertaining to life and godliness. That means grace is available to absolutely cause my life to be godly. Grace is available to form me and make me like the heart of God because I'm willing. And I don't want to draw the line intellectually to how possible that is and where that is. You follow me? I don't want to determine how high I can fly. I don't want to determine how much I can look like Jesus. I don't want to be the determining factor. I want the grace and peace and the promise that gave me all things pertaining to life and godliness. I want that to decide. So I put myself in position for God to fashion me through relationship. And guys, I travel all the time and everywhere I travel I realize people are seeking to know God through His Bible, through teaching, through conferences. And a lot of people don't have strong, intimate relationship, communion, fellowship, receiving the love of God and thanking Him that He's amazing and He loves them. That wouldn't make me cry. i I got tears all inside of me right now. Because it's an absolute fact that a large percentage of God-seeking people don't seek Him when they're all alone in the place of His love for them. And asking Holy Spirit to have His way and appreciating the person of Holy Spirit in their life. And, God, I thank you that you love me so much you would send your Son. I'm finding that a lot of people don't have that at all. They just pray about stuff and read their Bible and ask for prayer and impartation a lot. The Greatest impartation you ever receive is when Jesus comes into your bedroom and touches you when nobody's there, I'm just
1: telling you. I'm just saying. <laughs> Thank God for impartation. Do you see me right now? I'm
0: so toasted and I don't know what I'm going to do today. This stuff is real to me. It, it's amazing. It's all I can preach, this kind of thing, this relationship thing. I, I get pursued. I'm pursued more in my life right now than I've ever been in my life. I don't even know what to do about it. It's actually the first time it's puzzled me. I'm, I'm so pursued I don't even know what to do. Everybody wants a minute and everybody says, it's just a minute, and I do not even feel like I have a minute, you have no idea. I cleared my messaging machine and on Friday it was already full. I got home at 11.30 last night, went to bed at 12.30, I'm back here at the school. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. I got so many phone calls it doesn't make sense. I have a granddaughter that's coming over today to spend time with me because I haven't seen her for eight days, nine days, and life is fast. But I live a certain way that keeps me a certain way. (laughs) And I encourage everybody and the people that are crying out and they want answers and they're gravitating towards me because they see something that's alive. Uh, This week they were like, there's life inside of you. You embody this. You're not just preaching this. I can see it's you. So then they get hungry for it and, and my heart cry is, it's not just a gift.
1: I'm in relationship with Almighty God. It's not just a gift, it's not a gift that I'm supposed to pass on to you.
0: Be gifted, be gifted, know Him. It doesn't work like that. You come to know Him, by spending time with Him. Forcing yourself to shut down your mind if you have to, and start living from your heart. If what you're thinking isn't edifying you and taking
1: you to Him, then it's probably a good thing to just push out what you're thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, brother, yeah buts don't do well. <laughs> yeah buts are keeping us from Him. He loves you. He sent Jesus for you. And He's calling you home into His presence. Not just to learn about Him, But to sit with Him, to be with Him, to let Him consume your mindset, your understanding, the way you see. You follow me? Come on. He gave us all things. Now, if you go around the average room of the gathering of the believers, we don't feel like we're walking in all things pertaining to life and godliness. But He gave us all things, so it's there. You follow me? I'm not scolding you. I'm not correcting you. I'm cheering you on. I'm saying let's go deep into relationship with God. And some of this stuff gets. And you know, I come back from a weekend and I usually have a strong tone or a heart. It's because things get revealed to me. I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm watching the big picture of the people of God, and I'm seeing there's a general message. there, a basic tone. There's a there's a commonality of thinking and and of position and 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 it. it well, it empowers you to address it a lot of times. And I'm not saying it's you, but I'm finding that it's, it's widespread stuff. People are hungry for reality. Reality is just communion with God away. Reality is just a, a step away from continuing in Him. Amen? And not growing weary and well-doing. So I'm not scolding you. I'm saying, man, this is awesome. This is true. It's through the knowledge of Him who called us by Glory and virtue by which we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises. We've covered this stuff before, I preach on this stuff a lot. Look at this. That through these promises we can partake of what? The divine nature. He is not talking about meeting the needs of your day here. He's talking about transforming you from within. The promises guarantee that Christ will fashion you from the inside out. That His nature will become your nature. Isn't that cool? The promises reveal that God wants to give you Himself. Not just bless you. We, we got this mindset that we need God to bless us and that we're in this for God to move in our lives. You hear those terms all the time. And do things that we need and answer our big prayer lists. And What I want before I even think of any of that is His divine nature so I can see all that clearly and so that stuff doesn't determine who i am and where i'm living from because that's not true in a lot of cases there's a lot of frustration discouragement anxiety despair and yet the whole time he's lord so there's nothing he's missing he's not a good he's not not a good daddy we need to just see this stuff so uh, I want, before I want anything, I want His divine nature. That's what the promises are for. That I be conformed to the image of His Son. I'm just letting you guys know that's my first priority in life. It's pretty interesting that God wants us to have that. It's because that's how He created us in the first place. Man, The intention for man was the image of God. Now, isn't it amazing that all the promises pertain to partaking of him? So he hasn't changed his mind, has he? Who's ever felt like they went off the deep end and went too far and and lived foolishness? Isn't it amazing God never changed his mind?
1: He says, I know who you are. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but I know who you are. (laughs) That's not you at all. There's something so powerful about receiving the love of God. I just got some letters in the mail from people. People can't get me on the phone, so they write me real long letters. <laughs> See, there's, there's stuff you don't understand because you don't minister at the level I do. But some people that are really hurting, and I'm not making fun and I'm not being mean right now. They're really hurting and their life gets paralyzed by their condition. And all they do is have time to feel about it and think about it. So when they write a guy like me, they write me not one page, like four. And it's small print and it's the whole page. And it's like reading a book to me. When I open it up, it, I, I have to ask God for grace. You have no idea, because you have to read, and they write out their whole story in life, and it's more than a ministry time on the phone, just reading that. And people don't understand, so they mail that to you. And it's because they're, that's the, they have need, they're, it's, they're not bad people. But there's, it captivates you where it's all you can see and all you do is have time to think about what you're going through and express it and talk about it and it becomes your story because it's real. It's affecting you. Every time in those situations I find myself telling people the same thing and it's not because we're not creative in counsel. He's the spirit of counsel every time I talk to him about receiving God's love. You can hear in every expression that what's missing is the ability to receive His love because they're identified through this. Are you following me? And this becomes who they are. And until this changes, they can't... That's deception. Yes, you can. This is first. Always. You guys alright? I just I'm just trying to take communion here but there's stuff here you can't just skim over. I took us here and I thought God oh, this is dangerous. This is a powerful chapter. But there's things we'll learn here. This is everyday life stuff. This isn't just healing the sick. I thank God for healing the sick. But this is everyday life stuff. You want to live healthy. You want to have an amazing clear eye because if your eye's single, did you ever notice when it talks about the eye being the lamp of the body in Matthew 6:22, Luke 11:34? The eyes the lamp of the body. If your eye is single, your whole body's is flooded with light, it never said unless, of course, you're faced with challenges and issues. Because we all are. Let's be real. We all are. There's things in every one of our lives that could change and we'd rejoice. True? Is that, am I being right? But if you focus on that, from that place you're trying to reach Him. And He's already come. And it's backwards, it's, it's psychological. It's actually, it's backwards. Okay, I said enough on that. I just, uh, I, I, I just want to cry out these things because it'll just, it's so healthy. It'll keep us, even if we haven't seen change, it'll keep us from dipping and climbing and dipping and climbing. Do you know how tired that makes people? Who, who's a John? John's a runner. John's run before John. Would you be more tired running a course like this? Or running a course like this? Definitely yeah, definitely. Did like you? Them, no, I understand. I like them too. I run them on purpose. But which one is the harder workout? And tiring? And which one screams your flesh and, and your flesh goes, no, or ah. Oh. <laughs> See? There's, there's analogies here, because i got a runner in the room. When a Christian thinks this is the normal Christian life, he's already tired before he starts the course. (laughs) Because he's like, oh no. (laughs) I'm just telling you, I've said it for years, I've done that from the pulpit. There's tape, CDs, I know everywhere that have that on, and I say, this is not the normal Christian life. (laughs) It's just not. And it'll keep you from dipping and climbing and dipping and climbing in the midst of anything. And it's true. Okay, so we've partaken of His divine nature. Oh God. I had to set my communion stuff down, I get tired of holding it. I got nervous. I thought it might be a while. Watch
1: this. He,
0: j- he just talked about receiving the divine nature and told us in receiving the divine nature we just escaped from something. The corruption that's in the world through lust. We read that and think he's talking about the perversion of sin or something. He's talking about self-centered view. He's talking about living for yourself. He's talking about self-desire. It actually uses the word lust, it says the spirit and the flesh, they lust after one another. In other words, not meaning chasing one another, to marry one another. They, they, they have a certain desire, each one has a certain desire, and they work like this in Galatians, right? It's escaping, it's, it's, so the biggest trap is, when you're in the midst of this stuff, is to think for yourself. Mordecai told Esther, think not of yourself. And she, I believe, type and shadow typified Christ, if you will. Went into three days of no food, no water, and on the third day approached the king on behalf of all the people at the risk of her life. Because if she didn't do that, everyone would have been lost. Sound like a familiar message? Sound like a familiar love story? <laughs> three days in a tomb, rising from the dead, going into the presence of God, and now everybody lives. It's just amazing. He's he's in every story. But what was the thing that got her there? Think not for yourself. Deny your self. Greater love hath no man than this he would deny and lay down his life. You overcome the enemy through the word, through the blood and the word and love. Not your life. It's huge. It's huge. So we escape the self-centered thing of life. The way we've preached the gospel for years and years and years is very damaging. We've tried to draw crowds, accommodate people's sentiments, promise them blessings for their families and... All that stuff, and then when things don't go right, we're a mess, and where's God, and I thought He loved me, and we've done that to ourselves. We've made it all about Him providing for us, Him taking care of us, Him keeping us, Him doing good things for us, and He's already done more than we can imagine by sending His Son and we don't understand the message. It's so that we step in and follow Christ in the face of a twisted, obstinate, perverse world where nothing's fair.
1: That's why you have to carry your cross
0: or you'll never follow Him. We've, we've missed that for generations probably. And we've just made it a wholesome gospel of God providing and God taking care of us. And we know all the scriptures that promise comfort and peace and protection. and We have them all plastered on our houses and flax and walls. <laughs> You don't have the ones on your walls framed and all pretty and matted. (laughs) Talk about dying
1: and being crucified with Christ and loving not your own life. Come hell or high water, I ain't changing my mind. (laughs) We don't have them. (laughs) You just said, bless me, Lord. Bless me. Oh, God. Oh, I'm in trouble. This stuff is so important.
0: Because if you don't see what the gospel's saying, you won't perceive life clearly. And somewhere along the line, you're going to get hurt, discouraged, deceived, and draw back. It's just true. You've got to understand and settle in your heart why you're here, why Christ came. He came to get inside of me, so I'm no longer alive. So Christ lives in me. You know Paul's triumphant, you know we don't preach it much, We don't. It's, it's, it's Galatians 2, I believe it's 20. Yeah. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer, listen to the language of this, how militant and awesome this is. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, in my body, is what he's saying. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Isn't that amazing? Do you hear that triumphant statement? He said, I've arrived, I'm in Christ now, I'm what I was created to be. It's what God saw, the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. I'm in the position that God foreordained before the foundation of the world. I'm in that place. Yes. Oh, how triumphant is that? And it's not Him who lives. You know who's writing that, right? Who wrote that? Okay, now you understand why He's struck down and not destroyed. Why? He's all those things. Not forsaken. Not, he's, he's, he's not in despair. He's perplexed, but not in despair. Why? Because he's loving not his own life unto death. And even though he's perplexed, it doesn't lead to despair because you have to consider yourself to be in despair. You have to get your eyes off of trust and truth and longevity and purpose and destiny to be in despair. You have to pick yourself back up to despair yourself. He admitted he was perplexed. He was pressed on every
1: side. He didn't even have a window to breathe. So I bet when he's writing, he knows what he's writing. We're pressed on one side sometimes, and it's the side that's stumbling us, and until that changes, we can't be free, we think. It becomes our issue, our major prayer list topic,
0: and it has to change or else. And I'm telling you, that's not true. I want it to change. I wish it wasn't there in the first place. But it's just not true. So also, for this very reason... So, do you see how God writes? You know, in my Bible, I have verses 2, 3, and 4 totally rainbowed. It is a total rainbow scripture, man. There is so much purpose and so much destiny wrapped in those three verses. God's will and intent is so revealed in those three verses that it's so foundational, it's incredible. And we could get caught just reading our Bible for what it says. You see what I mean? Instead of taking your time and really understanding and seeing and and, and giving yourself to faith and prayer and exchange with God. You start reading stuff like this, man. You could sit on your bed and you could talk to Jesus for 45 minutes on them three verses and not repeat yourself. If you let the Word inspire your heart to pray and commune. So, because this is established, he's saying for this very reason. Because this is true. Because we have been partakers of divine nature, we've escaped the corruption that was destroying us. That self-centered view, that self-focused, that selfish thing, and we've received from Him. For this reason, we're going to with all what diligence. So, growing weary is not even in the picture. You got to. You got to be. You got to just. Set your mind on this. Doesn't Colossians say, set your mind on this. Why? Because your mind and emotions want to be weak and wander and cater to the flesh. You've got to crucify that. you got to say, no, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Did Christ not die? Am I not called? Does not the Spirit of God live in me? Is there not a greater purpose in my day? I'm not going there. That's a zero. You're kidding me, right? You've got to get militant and set your mind. Come on, Satan's going to toy and tat with you and take you into the playground of the emotions and now you don't feel love, so you aren't or something. (laughs) That's not the way it is. For this very reason we're going to give
1: all, what? All diligence. Not even some. Do you like how he writes? Take your time when you read your Bible and see what he's really saying. Do you see how I'm breaking this
0: down and how much there's there to teach? I read three or four verses you could take all day and teach right here. And make sense the whole time and not get redundant. We're giving what? All diligence. Not, not just some of our heart. We're giving all diligence to remain in this place. We're selling out. We've got, Watch this. This is not an over-militant view. We have nothing else to live for. The reason we're here is His great name. To manifest Him. Even when it feels
1: like you're losing, you can look like, and shine like, and reveal the Son of God. The only way we're losing is when that gets lost. And He's still God, still the same, and there's still redemption. (laughs) Boy, I'm glad we're His children and not
0: just the devil. We could never win. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Fighting against God? So that's not kicking, and screaming, and fight in our own right. It's just yield and surrender and say, yes, Lord, I'm serious. The devil can't stop his mercy. The devil can mess with your head and get you to believe every lie on the planet and God still knows who you are and the door is still open for you to sit on his lap and be nurtured by him and fathered no matter what. You cannot change the heart of God. There's no turning, no shifting or shadow can't stop the mercy of God, Jesse. There's no way. Mercy endureth. That's why a million years from now, we'll be in His presence. Nothing will have changed. And we'll still be honoring the blood because we'll fully
1: understand, I believe, by that time. And the worship will be amazing. And we won't be trying to labor our way through our crisis and emotions to reach Him and plowing the ground. No worship leader will have to get the right song to touch the corporate
0: (laughs) hole. You know what I mean, Worship Leader Randy. Let's get them activated. All our worship leader conferences, how to get them activated and breakthrough in worship. You know why we need a breakthrough in worship? Because we got our eyes on a million other things. And it proves, every time we gather together, if there's a breakthrough needed in worship, it proves that we're distracted and we've got our eyes on things outside of truth. Because no matter what we're going through, if we saw Him clear, we're just, we're, we're on it. We're static and ready. He's amazing. Not that you have to scream, shout and jump, but your heart's there. <laughs> the average Christian, if the rent just got supernaturally paid, they're up front waving four flags, two in each hand, jumping and screaming. Two months later, the rent's not paid, and they're three aisles back like this with tears in their eyes, hoping somebody comes and ministers to them. I'm telling you, I've seen it. And it proves that we don't understand why we're in this thing. And you make yourself an easy target for the devil. He loves when he locates that stuff. Because he'll just. Poof, poof, Your whole life, he loves that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You guys okay? We're just trying to take communion. We're gonna. You know why? This is gonna be one of them, all that is mine is yours days. Because all that is yours is mine. What did he hold back? What did he reserve? Come on. You look at this right here, and you think about what this means. Really, seriously. Just look at this for a minute. What does this mean? What does it represent? What did it cost? What did he give? What did he go through? What does this actually mean? You tell me what he held back. You tell me what he's asking of you that he didn't already walk through and fulfill. You tell me if there's one thing he's asking you to give yourself to that he didn't already follow. Not one thing. There's not one commandment that he put on you that he didn't walk through. (laughs) He's saying, follow me, guys. If I gave all that I am. You show me what else there is to give. What else is there to give? There is nothing, is it? So all that is His is ours. It's a marriage covenant. It's, 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 I give myself to you, to love you, to honor you. And you go, I do, right? But it's more than a starry-eyed, I do. There's a response in covenant that turns around and says, because of the first love, the first love, turns around and says, I love you. And all of a sudden, this is you.
1: Back to Him. Do you get it? All
0: of a sudden, this is you. Back to Him. I've been crucified. I've just looked into your love and it's caused something to die in me so that something could truly spring up and live for real and forever. I love you and I give myself to you like you gave yourself to me. Your body for my body, I give it back to you. Your blood for my blood, I give it back to you. And love not my own life unto death. All that is mine is yours. I set my mind on you. You see how powerful this is? Or it's your traditional, Sunday, sentimental. Wow, I love when we take communion. The atmosphere was so sweet. I'm not taking away from the sweetness of an atmosphere. But what I'm saying is it's more than goosebumps. And it's more than, wow, I feel so comforted now. I'm not being rude. I'm being real. So we're going to give how much diligence? All. All. We're going to add to our faith virtue. That's like a high... Moral excellence virtue in that word right there means a moral excellence a high value of character and living To virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance. Wow temperance and perseverance Perseverance is going to produce what? godliness Right don't think it's strange when you're thrown in various trials, etc Know that it's going to produce Perseverance and perseverance is going to have her perfect effect—that you be mature, complete, lacking in nothing. <laughs> Come on, that's so rich. So, do we ever let go? Do we ever look back? Do we ever turn back? No, because we're already surrendered and we're already hands to the plow. To 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 perseverance, godliness, so we're mature, complete, lacking in nothing. We're formed through the need to persevere. Remember. Uh, Hebrews 10, 34, or 5. Uh, Don't throw away your confidence, for it has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after the will of God is done, you may receive the promise. What's first and more important, receiving the promise or the will of God? What's the priority in that verse? The will of God. We could be living to receive the blessing. The priority is enduring to fulfill the will of God. The reason we're Christians is to fulfill the will of God, not receive the promise. And in fulfilling the will of God, the promise is here. It says it's God who works in you both to will and do for His good pleasure. Without you understanding this and giving yourself, you can't walk in that truth. And it's still there. Does this make sense? Who's working in you? He is. Godliness, brotherly kindness. Wow. Be kind to one another, right? Colossians 3, if anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ forgave you, so you're already forgiven. He's talking to somebody that just might have an issue. Then he said, listen, you're already forgiven. Let go of your issue and forgive. Legalism says, I better forgive so I'm forgiven. Grace says, I forgive because I already am. You guys alright? You good? I know we covered a lot of this stuff before. I say a lot of this stuff, same on, the, on purpose, it's on purpose. Because every time I open the book, it's there. You know how many times I've read through these scriptures in 16 years? You have no idea. It's a good idea to read them uh, hundreds of times. <laughs> I'd encourage you to put down a whole bunch of other books until you just read this hundreds of times. you read a lot of other books, and you get all the little strains and views and things, and now you've got four different angles coming in your soul. Now you can't even see this totally clear. You've got influence in your mind. I want Holy Spirit to be my influence. I'm, I'm not against books, but yeah, actually I am to a degree. I just realized I'm not being honest. I'm, 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 I, I believe we grab a book before we get alone and read a Bible, and I never understood that. Because some of us believe we can't understand this. So we're trying to grab somebody else's understanding, but Holy Spirit will assure that you understand this if you open this by faith. And I just saw something when I said that. I just realized God just fathered me in something and something showed me. A lot of people will do that because they don't believe they can understand this. But they just live by faith. And if you believe that, then you won't be inspired to get alone and open this because you already believe that you can't understand it. I wonder if you believe you can and He'll give you understanding. You're not going to grow weary. You're going to seek Him and He's going to reveal Himself to you. Do you know that you can buy? countless books and in the front they all say how, thank you Jesus for leading me to write this book. And the books are totally contrary to one another and some of them completely opposites. But everyone believes God led them to write it. That puzzles me. (laughs) I know one thing, God was led to write this. (laughs) My Bible says it was inspired by him. No, that forces me to be humble, submit my mind, surrender my heart, and believe this is God. Or it's just another book. I happen to believe it's Him. Did you ever notice that in front of almost all the books, the author is affirming that God led him to write the book? Did you ever notice that there's a whole lot of denominations on the earth and it's because we can't agree and believe different things? strange to me because the Bible says the pure in heart shall. And that if you seek Him in the secret, He'll reward you in the open. That if you continue in the Word, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you free. Isn't it amazing what's happened? I wonder if our motivations are personal sometimes. I wonder if the reason we read our Bible gets a little slant in it. I wonder if we just sometimes don't read it to know Him, but to be right or to challenge something. I wonder if it's dangerous to seek truth with another motive outside of knowing Him. You read your Bible to get out of a relationship, you'll interpret it in a way that empowers you to. You just will. You read your Bible to prove that God doesn't heal, you'll find every scripture that makes you think that. (laughs) And you'll say God's leading you. It's your motive filtering your view. It's impossible to... I know the, the truth is... Is huge and it's bigger than one straight truth. I know there's manifold wisdom to God. But he's not contradictory, guys. He doesn't shoot himself in the foot. We've shot ourselves in the feet. So it means something's going on. (laughs) More than the leading of Holy Ghost. And then we run the risk of getting trapped just being right. And it's our camp and no one else's camp. And it creates a lot of stuff. I can't encourage you guys, and it's just on my heart big time this morning, and sorry if I'm being redundant. I can't encourage you enough to get alone and seek Him for one reason. One reason alone. Not to fix things. To know Him. I promise you He'll meet you there. Because He said He would. So I'm not making a promise that won't be kept. Watch this promise here. We're going to give diligence and add this stuff to our life because we understand why we're Christians. And if these things are ours, if we possess these things and they're manifested in our life and abound, watch the promise. You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that pretty cool? Do you know, (laughs) barren. What's another translation? Does anybody have the translation useless? Idle? Idle. One of them's useless. Anybody have anything else there? Ineffective. ineffective. Some of us feel ineffective, and then it makes us strive and drive to be better Christians, and we get trapped in works. The Bible's
1: saying just appreciate the love and mercy of God and just put on the truth, and you'll be absolutely effective. We try to do better things. We try to bear fruit
0: instead of be a good tree. (laughs) It's true. Do you hear this promise? If these things are mine, if this is the result of my heart response to this truth of God's love and His righteousness and the like faith I've obtained with you. So if we're all in a like precious faith, then we ought to be responding in a like precious way. You got it? Because that's what it's telling us here. It's taking us all through the same gate. Watch this. And we're still diverse, we still have our own personalities, we still have our own desires in the sense of some like it fast, some like it slow, some like it loud, some like it soft. Who knows that's not what makes us different. That's what makes us unique. That's what allows you to be the best you. That's not where you find unity, finding agreement in those things. It's the why behind your life. Those other things would determine uniformity. That's just Hitler's way. Everybody the same. Super race. Well, what makes us a super race is love. Not liking all the same things. You get it? Unity is found in our great diversity. We can have true strong unity when we have that understanding. For if these things are yours, listen to this promise. You'll never be useless <laughs> in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, your knowledge will always produce fruit. Now watch verse 9. This one little verse is what came on my heart. That's why I turned it there to take communion. I thought the chapter was just too good not to read. He who lacks these things, lacks what things? Diligence, moral excellence... Knowledge and control, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brother kindness, and love. The Bible's pretty narrow. Did you ever notice the Bible says it like pretty narrow? He's not being mean. Watch. Whoever lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten. Here's all he's tacking it to. He's not saying, well, brother, you got some curse tracking you for years, and it's been on your family, and that's why you can't see clear, and you've got this, and you've got that. Well, you got this going on. And guess what
1: he's saying? You're forgetting you were cleansed from your old sins. You're forgetting what started this whole thing and authored it. It's the righteousness of God. <laughs> And you're forgetting the beginning so you can't reach the end. And you're coming up with a reason why you can't be free and you're coming up with a reason why you can't pray and why you can't have joy and and he's saying it's cuz you forget who you are because of me. That's the only thing he's saying. He doesn't have a list. We make the lists. And cater to our flesh and feelings and emotions. But God in His Word says, If you don't add these things, it's because you forget who you are through Him, and don't see you're clean. Come on, that's powerful. You've forgotten you've been washed of your old sins. So we're still talking about my the the, the bully Barney on the block. And I bump into people and I say, this is a, well, please pray for me. you they're 52 years old. This just
0: happened. 52 years old. And I've said, Well, listen, honey, but, yeah, but you don't know what it was like growing up.
1: What does that have to do with anything? You're 52 and you're still using that. I'm sorry the way we all grew up. But Christ has come. The truth is here. The truth's here. What does it matter? You're forgetting. You're short-sighted. Even to blindness. Sometimes willful. Because you want somebody to make up for that. They already did. Jesus died and rose again and washed away all sin. So why are we still letting sin against us produce blindness and sin in us? Look, it's the Bible. It's not me. It's not my sermon. He did not give us
0: a multiple choice reason why we're not adding these things. He said, it's because you forget to see who you are through my cross. And you're letting something else define you, so that's why you're not motivated. That's why there's not gas in your tank. You're not compelled by the love of God, so you're not seeing through the love of God. And that's why you're where you are. That's what He says.
1: See, you can debate that till the end of time, but that's what He says. (laughs) When you add things, it's what we say, and now we're
0: contending. And building camps and rivers that God never dug the stream beds to. You wonder how clear the water could possibly be. Ouch, I know, forgive me. (sighs) Now I'm all revved up. I don't even know what to do. God help me. All
1: I need is a cheerleader. I do not need a cheerleader, Barbara. No. I've been this way all week. It's ridiculous.
0: You know, he who lacks these things has forgotten he was cleansed from his old sins. must be important. God God made it the only thing on the list. Can I talk real plain? Anything else becomes an excuse for no faith. I'm just talking plain. Because you have to believe this. And start in faith. The just shall live by? Faith comes by hearing and hearing. And it works through love. God surely revealed His love through Christ and gave us His Word. We ought to be really pumped. We ought to be going, Woo! Anything else becomes a human, intellectual, rational, way that seems right to man, excuse to not believe. And then the paradox is, we minister to that person through that excuse, accepting that excuse and then we try to accommodate their unbelief and teach them to stay trapped in their feelings.
2: That's right.
0: <laughs> This will sound arrogant to some, forgive me. One day you'll see I'm right. I wish it was today. You have no idea how much I know I'm right on that one. And that sounds so controlling. It's why I'm so passionate. I've searched this thing out and I've seen this thing clearly. And I watch what it does to folks. When I walk up to a lady, 52, and I can't even minister the word to her. Because she cuts me off and yell butts the word of God. That's above his name. But she's praying in his name. Not valuing his word, so she can't even see the power of his name. Cuts me off in the answer to make 40 some years ago more powerful than the word now. And you ought to see how I handle that stuff. I just was, I got real close to her face, big smile, but very intense. Honey, What does that have anything to do with?
1: I know, but no, but not, no, yeah, but I
0: just go after that stuff like because I knew this woman from before. I knew she spent through years of schooling, several years at Global. In Hundreds of conferences. Your childhood's not going to go away. Unless you see new life through the blood, then that child already died. See that child's supposed to be dead. The one they molested, dead. The one they didn't love, already dead. Died when Christ hung on the cross. I just wonder when the Son of Man returns to the earth, will He really find faith? It's not in your Bible by accident. It talks about a persistent widow who wouldn't let go. It's a contrast power of an unjust judge. And it's a widow who wouldn't back down and wouldn't change her mind. And she demanded justice, demanded justice. And God said, man. Well, the, the judge said, man, this is wearying me. This woman, at least she weary me, I'll just vindicate her. Get her off my back. Yeah. God turns the table in the parable to a merciful, loving God and says, how much more, if this unjust judge did this, how much more will the Father vindicate and come to those who cry out day and night? He's talking about not changing their mind, being established in truth, not up for grabs, not for sale, not a multiple choice mentality. And he says, however, when the Son of Man returns to the earth, will he really find faith? Or will he find people in church that believe they're still a product of whatever? Miss Linda, somebody have a microphone? Do you have a question, comment? What what exactly does that mean when Jesus says, will he find faith? Will he find faith? People that believe and see who he is, period, and who they are through him and don't let go and aren't weary and well doing and discouraged. If you look at the parable, it's the contrast. So you flip that. So will he find people that really believe and are manifesting the fruit of believing, or will he find people that have become the fruit and product of life and life lived instead of Christ and his life lived? Do you see what I mean? He's talking about identity and perspective and where you're living from. Here in Second Peter, he's telling you, he's giving you, I am so glad. There isn't a list of four or five things. See I don't know about you, but I like that. I like that there's a narrow way. When you go through the narrow way,
1: here's the cool thing. When, when you go through the narrow way, called Christ, it's like... You squeeze through, because it's difficult. Few are those who find it, it says.
0: Why? Because it's a death to self. It's a death to former feelings, emotions, a renewing of mind. It's going through Him and Him alone where you become one with His heartbeat, His nature, His perspective, His mentality. Well, the lie crept in a long time ago that we're just people and He's God. Well, that was Jesus, brother. Who do you think you are? That lie's been on the earth for a long time. Right? Right? But this is becoming one with Him, and you're coming through the narrow way. But when you squeeze through, it's like, (laughs) You go through this little door called
1: Christ, and you can't see any walls when you get through. It's a broad place! It's huge! It's full of freedom and liberty! It's not, you're not living the rest of your life like this!
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, this is good. When, I appreciate when, your question.
2: When, when we're taught to find that little girl back there that
0: mm, suffered all that stuff. Right. Them, you don't go Watch what there. you do. Watch what you do. Father, there's a memory of a little girl that I've always called me. Way back there with so many memories And none of it is fruitful and productive The truth is you came and showed me my value People didn't see who I was People didn't understand my destiny People didn't know the truth about my life But you showed me the truth about my life And I call that dead That is powerless And I thank you that your blood has washed away Everything that was suggested and said about me I'm your daughter I'm a queen I'm married to you My life is worth living Because you shed your blood for me People aren't doing that Because their feelings say, -uh." nah. But your heart cries out and says, yes, and amen. See, I can feel your heart searching. Your questions are very healthy. You know what? In the beginning of this school, honey, and I'm not trying to embarrass you, there was a hurting heart in you that would ask questions from pain. Guess where you're asking questions now from? A searching, inquiring heart. It's a totally different thing going on in you. Reach up and touch her. I want you to touch her. No, we're going to bless. We're going to bless something. I want to pray for you right now, Linda. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in her precious life. Her life is so worth living. That little girl, that little girl is so dead and so swallowed up. And I thank you, Lord God, that if people knew who they were and who she was, things would have been totally different. But they didn't. And we ask you to forgive everyone for ignorance and blindness. And we're asking you to forgive all of us, God. But Father, we thank you that truth has come and revealed the truth about us. So I thank you even right now, supernaturally, you just make all things whole and new in Miss Linda. because. She's a brand new creation. She's one that's never lived before. All things, all things that are past are dead, and all things that are here are new. And we bless her. And Father, I proclaim that there's a grace over her to see, a grace to understand, and I thank You that You have taken away the struggle of the mind, the emotions, and the heart. I thank You there's even freedom coming into her body right now, and into into her flesh right now. Strength God, in Jesus' name. And I thank You, Father, that she begins to see see you clearer than she's ever seen you before. And in seeing you clear, she looks in the mirror and says, Wow! Hi, you woman of God. I thank you, Father. I bless her, and I bless what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. I appreciated your questions, Linda, thank you. As a teacher of the school what I appreciated most it almost made me cry when you took the mic and asked the first question cuz of the heart not that you did anything wrong before it's totally I totally understood it you did everything just it's where you were in that sense but this I saw so much growth and so much change in your just God's ministering to you all the time and when you took the mic and asked the question it really blessed me to see where that was coming from I'm, I'm really excited about you and for you. It's not just hype. I Actually I'll be honest, I'm too much of a man of God to hype you. Yeah. Boy, it feels good to be able to say that and not be proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my fault. <laughs> oh my goodness. Isn't it funny, I teach not to live by feelings and I'm so full of them. (laughs) They're fun, you just don't live by them. If I didn't feel this way, I'd teach the same thing. The reason I feel what I feel is because I believe what I'm teaching. So it's healthy. Yeah, it really is. It's fun too. When I said that to her about being too much of a man, he just rippled all through me and I just can't even explain what I was feeling. Okay, i gotta, I got to recover. I'm, I'm, even, I'm lying, I don't even know where I was. I was. Okay, we're cleansed of our old sins. Therefore, because you are cleansed of your old sins, because He's just revealed so much here. See how I kept picking this up by faith? We're getting closer. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Make it sure. Where it's not just your confession, where it's not just words, where it's not just the party you're running with and the gathering you're attending. Make your call and election sure, as a matter of fact, life-giving and fruit-bearing. Amen? Yay. Now watch this. For if you do these things, he's not talking about works to be saved, he's talking about if you add these things to the truth, of your life. If you give yourself with all diligence and add these things by prayer and by surrender and submission, and if you do these things, when he says do these things, it doesn't mean you have to do to be. What it means is, if you're walking in this in this way of faith, this way of believing who you are now because of him and begin to let righteousness and being clean and the truth of redemption put integrity in your heart and diligence and virtue and perseverance because of what you see, You get it? So if you you give yourself and do these things, if you walk in this way, knowing you're cleansed from your old sins, watch this, an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Christ. Watch this. I missed one of the most important things. If you do these things, you will never wait, that's blasphemy. Somebody wrote something wrong here. Because <laughs> you all have issues. You're always going to and you're always going to stumble. Whoa. Oh, you see why I cry in my bedroom and ask God not to let one ounce of grace available to change my life miss my life and hit the ground through wrong thinking? Because He's telling me that I can live free from offense and free from the fall of the flesh and free from stumbling. And he's telling me if I live this way, I'll be perfected through love. I make my election what? Sure where my conscience is crystal clear, my faith sincere. Sounds like the recipe for the goal of our instruction and commandment is love. Through a pure heart, clear conscience sincere faith. What's the goal of our instruction? To arrive at love. Not to be love. He's not talking about to arrive at being loved. To become love. It's the goal of our instruction. It's the reason we're alive. There's no other reason we're alive. How's that for narrow? It's not to get older and find the perfect one. You already have if you've received Jesus. And in Jesus you can find someone that can be really amazing in your life. (laughs) You follow me? It's not just so you can buy a fancy car or have a house or go on a dream vacation. You're not alive for that stuff. That stuff's all fun and it can be a part of life in Christ. But the goal of our instruction is love. The reason you're alive is to be found in love. It's the reason you're alive. God's image. It's the reason he made man. Don't ever forget that, please. Or you'll let something trivial drive your life. When all hell is breaking out around you, when the things that you say you believe aren't happening and life's not making sense, you can still be love. That's what will take you to the answer and to the victory. That's what will keep you strong. When everybody's cheating and robbing and compromising and even your friends are talking the way that seems right to man and telling you, you're out of balance and it ain't like that and you don't need to be so extreme. (laughs) Anybody ever been taught that, told that? (laughs) We just need to accept reality and chill, it ain't like, it ain't all that. (laughs) Who's ever heard people say that? Don't get mad at them, just smile and keep walking, because they're wrong, <laughs> okay? Don't get mad at them, and don't let your heart get hard, hi Chris? Don't, you see what I mean? Make your call in election sure. If you do these things, you will not as often stumble. Now wait. I was taught to never say never. It was paradox. I was taught to never say always and never, because it's never always and never, and yet the Bible's full of alwayses and nevers.
1: Who <laughs> <laughs> always love you? He'll never forsake you. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of them,
0: actually. He'll never change his mind. He'll never turn and shift. And you, who ever heard not to use the phrases always and never because it's overstatements? And God's bold enough to use them in His book. So I guess God lives in a secure world than we grew up in. <laughs> Man, I'm teaching happy today. It makes me happy. I'm not even teaching good, I'm just teaching happy. I feel happy. <laughs> Make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you'll never what? Stumble, and an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting king man you you prophetic folks i mean get creative just open your eyes what do do i man this big old lifeline from heaven stuck somewhere in you like a feed tube or something
1: (laughs) 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 i don't know i'm just saying get creative have fun with it it means something You know, an electric cord, a plug somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Through seeing, it's through seeing.
0: Yeah. Not doing. Get it? Yeah, <laughs> oh, hook me up, Lord. <laughs> yeah, you get little visions like that. Yeah. <laughs> The love of Christ compels me, didn't Paul say that? Picture him just, yeah, staying filled and fueled in love, just pulling over. Not at a Sunoco, but the love station. (laughs) Just (laughs) going to fill her up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's compelling him? What's driving him? Not need, not people not circumstances. What's giving him life and causing him to live is love.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fill her up.
1: (laughs) See, it's just, I'm sorry I'm being so flaky with y'all, but you're relating. You guys are scaring me because
0: you're relating. (laughs) You're like, I love this. Keep it up. (laughs) Give me one more analogy before break. You guys would hold off the bathroom for a couple of those. I could tell you enjoyed them. I don't even know. I'm preaching that. I'm like, what am I doing? I really saw the one. I saw this big hose. It looked like a fire hose sticking in me. And it had the bubbles in it. Boom, boom. I saw That's what I was seeing. I thought I might as well speak it. You know, it was funny. We just did a water baptism. Well, we did a handful of water baptisms this week. In the St. Lawrence River. This one young lady comes down into the water and shares her heart in confession, starts to cry. And I saw something, so I just started to do it. I took water, and she's standing there ready to be baptized with her eyes closed. She's trembling. I took water, and I just started splashing her right in her face and all over. I said, You know, I see God. It was a very serious moment. She never even flinched. She just started. And I just kept splashing. I said, You know, it's been like you've had sprinkles and glimpses and flashes and started to prophesy and stall over.
1: It was just really fun because I had Bob Hazelitt on the other side and he's the prophetic dude, right?
0: But he's like, Yeah, and it was just fun. And we were there together and we're like, Because there was a punchline to it all. But you're going in and under and coming out, immersed in him. And, Got her out and she just, So Bob just kind of drug her to the shore. It's just fun, little prophetic stuff. It's fun to see little stuff like that. It's great power. I was in a service once and this lady had beautiful hair. She had hair. And it was a real serious altar call and it was redemption and I'm going down the line and I'm preaching like a madman for an hour and a half and I'm praying for all these people and there's a thousand people there. And a lady comes up and taps me and hands me a fresh, cool water bottle, just like your honey would. I cracked it open and the Lord said, don't drink it, pour it over her. (laughs) Didn't even hesitate, because I knew it was the Lord. She had pretty hair. The place went bananas. When I started pouring hair, they, they didn't even, they just, yeah! She just stood there, and it just poured all down, the whole bottle. Emptied it, (laughs) just started prophesying. You know what happened to her in the morning? This was late afternoon. You know what happened to her in the morning? She was listening to me preach on identity and this little condemnation devil slipped up and said, yeah, but that could never be you. You want to be loved like that, but there's no way because of this and this and this. And she's hearing, and she wants to, yeah, but, yeah, but. And there I am, yeah, but. She got up, she went outside and got in the car and was crying, curled up in the car crying. This big thunderstorm came, and it was pouring. It was that white rain, you can't even see through it. She said, the Spirit of the Lord came to her and said, what are you doing out here? You're being driven from the truth, driven from the message. You're being deceived. It's not time to curl up and cry alone in your car. Go back in with the congregation and hear the word of the Lord. She found a blanket in her back seat and wrapped it all around her and she ran through the rain. She's got pretty hair. (laughs) She comes through the foyer and she unwraps the blanket and there's water. She's She's soaked through the blanket and there's water. Running down her face, and she thought, Oh my gosh, I gotta go to the bathroom and make myself presentable. This young lady's gotta go check herself out and make sure it's not a vanity thing. It's just, this is what makes sure I don't look weird. She took two steps towards the bathroom, and the presence of God just started to touch her. And she said, Are you trying to tell me something, Lord? With this rain, are you trying to tell me that I'm clean? Are you trying to say, I'm washed? And she started to weep because she wants to believe it. She runs in the bathroom, reds up, and comes back in service. The next session, I pour water bottle over her. For the Lord would say, you are washed and clean. To never... ha ah, ja. And her story in the morning was rain all over her. And I took a whole water bottle and just doused her. It was so fun. Would you say he's pretty personal and intimate? <laughs> You see what's wrong with me all the time? (laughs) This stuff is always possible. He's always thinking like this, doing stuff like this. I had a 14 or 15 year old fellow this week just clinging to me in love. It was so good. They walked up one night, God's healing and doing beautiful things, and I'm just kind of hanging out, watching and seeing where I can help a little, and I'm just overseeing and we're training and teaching, it's just beautiful. This family walks their son up and says, this is our son. He uh, made a big mistake. He dove into a very shallow pool and went straight down and hit his head and really, really hurt himself. His neck's in great pain. He can't even turn his head. His muscles are all, because of the injuries, he has pain down his neck. And and I said, what can you do? He said, no, I really, I said, turn it. He went. I said, it hurts that bad? He said, yeah. I said, well, let's just pray, man. We prayed, and, I said, and as I was praying, I heard the Lord say, Tell him to move it right away. I said, Just begin to move it, and don't strain it. Don't try to move it. Graceful, let it move. Just start turning it like you would normally. In 30 seconds, he had not one trace of pain and total, total mobility. Watch how that affected him. He went, Huh? And tears just out from under. His eyes, he had glasses on. He just poured out. I said, Pretty awesome, huh? He said, this is amazing. I said, it's God's love for you. I said, Jesus is real, son. He's not just a way of life. He's the Lord and He loves you personally. And He's... Yeah. I said, yeah, this changes everything. Because I realized He's another kid just coming to church. He said, it does. Well, the next time I come back into church, He's... Hey! Wants to sit with me and everything. He's telling me about his mother. He said, what about your mother? I said, have people prayed for her? Oh yeah, they all prayed for her. She's just in a lot of pain. I said, well, God's pretty alive in your heart right now, isn't he? you healed, aren't you? I said, move your head around for me. He went, it's amazing. Said, Come on, let's go. I said, put your hand on your mama. I said, you love her, don't you? He said, I do. She gets all touched because it's her son. Command, Jesus' name, bang, he prays. So said, go ahead, check your body. Not one pain in her body. She couldn't even lift her arms. She just... So I made a little friend, Josh. I went there on Sunday morning, and he asked if I'd sit with him, so I sat between him and his brother. Who couldn't sleep at night, who had depression and anxiety, who went to bed at eleven and didn't wake up till the morning and had all kinda of change and he just was sitting right here. And Joshua said. So this was fun. Because they're encouraged in reality in God. Amen? It must be pretty important to Peter writing this. Who wrote this? Peter in the Holy Ghost, right? Watch what he says. For this reason, I'm not going to be negligent to remind you always of these things. So he's saying what we just read is super important. He has a conviction that he will not be negligent in reminding. Come on, brother, you preach the same thing all the time. Come on, how about getting some fresh manna? How about giving us a new word from the Lord? How about becoming the one we've already heard? (laughs) Nothing (laughs) me. But you know how we say that, I want some fresh. Here's Peter not being too fresh, but isn't he amazingly fresh? Who felt this morning this was fresh? To me it was, it was very fresh. Watch what he says. watch what he did. You need to understand what he just did here. He just did like a little Kingdom Living School thing here, look at this. He says, guys, I'm not going to be negligent to remind you always of these things. So don't get tired of hearing me say it, because I'm always, wow. I thought we don't say never and always. He just did in two sentences. He used both of them. So I'm going to always remind you of these things. Watch. Even though you know and are established in this present truth. So the people he was writing to actually understood new and was walking in what he just preached. And he still preached it. Must be important to stay rooted and grounded, huh? Not be moved away from the hope in which you first heard. Take earnest heed of the things you heard. Least they drift away. It's not tedious for me to write the same things over and over. Paul said in Philippians. For to you it's a safeguard. Yes, I think it is right. As long as I am in this tent. That means in my body alive. To stir you up by what? Reminding you. Knowing shortly. I'm going to put off this tent. Just as our Lord Jesus showed me. So he knew his time was running near. He knew he was about to be martyred, didn't he? Yes. And he said, "As long as I, and isn't it amazing? He wasn't discouraged. Well, you know, pray for me. I know they're going to take me out soon. Here he is. No, and he has. He's a sojourner. He's a pilgrim seeking a homeland, right? So watch what he says. Even though I'm going to die soon, is what he's saying. I'm going to put off this tent. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure." That you always have a reminder of these things even after my decease or departure. I'll bet he did a pretty good job if we're here reading that chapter in 2011. I've often wondered what he meant by, I'll be careful to ensure. I wonder what he prayed. I wonder what he cried out to God. God, You've put them in my heart, You've helped me to nurture them. There's so many more little peeps that are going to hatch from generation to generation. This truth is so vital. God, it has to be in front of them. God, let this thing remain. You wonder what he prayed? How could he ensure that they always have a reminder, except writing it down for them and keeping it in front of them and trusting God with it after he dies? And here we are in this school. Before communion, reading the very chapter that he's talking about. That impresses me, John. That really impresses me. Jesus looking at Peter. You know, Satan's requested that he would sift you like wheat. He's coming to get you, but I have prayed. (laughs) It's not just like a sense of comfort. It's okay, Trusani, I've been praying for you, sweetie. I have, when I think about you. But watch this. (laughs) But watch this. Satan has something in mind, but I've prayed. Did you catch that? Hello? How are you going to pray like that, with that kind of confidence, to be able to say that and believe that without being arrogant and presumptuous? Because you have confidence, you know who you are, and you know the will of God and the love of God for that which you've prayed. You ready to do this? And we'll go take a break. We'll actually take an earlier break than normal. Usually it's after 10.30, but, well, we didn't take this yet, so I won't. We're going to receive this. But as we receive, I want to encourage you in your heart to give. To just give all of you by faith and ask Holy Spirit to keep... Fine tuning your mind and yeah, hook you up to that pump of love, amen? By showing me love and teaching me love through Jesus' life and through the scriptures and God I want to see like never before because what you revealed to me I can become. You said follow me, right? So take this right now and just think about it for a little bit and just get personal in your heart. We're not just doing this because it's what we do on Mondays, isn't it awesome? we took? All this time. I don't know about you, but I think it's awesome we took this much time just to get here. Because we're not just doing this because it's, it's the first day of the week and it's what we do at the school. It has great power, great significance. And as often as we do it, we do it in remembrance of him and his death till he comes. Lord Jesus, we hold this before us and before you and say, thank you. That's a pretty sad phrase. It's the best I can say right now with, with words. Thank you. It's so much deeper than that. And we're asking the power of what you accomplished and what you revealed. and All the statements you made through the cross and the resurrection would mark our hearts and transform our hearts and multiply us into that same truth. When we receive this today, we're receiving the body given and all the effects of sin and the fall of man washed away and wiped away from our own flesh and soul because of the blood and the body. We just thank you right now that it's as if we've never fallen, never eaten the tree. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death. We are free. And as we receive this, we enter into covenant with you and fellowship with you with our faith. And we say, we're one with you. You're not mad at us. It's pleasing to you to give us the kingdom. It pleased you to bruise your son. It actually makes you feel pleasure to make us one with you. Because you were one with us from the beginning of time. No matter how wicked and how contrary man became and how deceived. The power of your love brought us back. Because you've never changed. You never let man have the power to change you. But you've remained in power to change man. And we thank you for the body of Christ. As we take this we thank you that you held nothing back and all that was yours is ours. And in return, the best we understand, we say, all that is ours is yours. Everybody in this room, Father, has a, a maybe a little different angle and place they're at in their life of surrender, submitting, uh, giving of themselves, uh, a, a weak place being made strong, uh, a, a, an unsurrendered place being wholly given. Give us wisdom as we receive this this morning. And and sharpen every area of our life. And cause every area to be fully submitted, God. And thank you for the effectual grace working in us. We take this right now and say, thank you. We're one with you. And nothing can ever snatch us from the palm of your hand. Death can't even take us away. That's amazing. Teach us to never fear death. Teach us to see death for what it is. And never see it as a finality and never fear it, God. Let just this body pass away, but my whole being present with the Lord. And a brand new, <laughs> a brand new, incorruptible, immortal body in that day. Let us never fear death again as we take this, God. I'm asking for a grace to never fear death again. Even death can't snatch you or us from the palm of your hand. Where? Is your sting, O oh, death? You've quenched the power of the grave. Thank you. We receive this in Jesus' name. Release your faith. Be personal right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we just take the cup and the blood that was shed. It's the blood of the new covenant. It's a new covenant. The tester has died and now rose from the dead. We're justified. We live forever in you. This new testament is in action. This thing is rolling. It's greater glory. It's amazing. You don't change. You live forever. You're able to save to the uttermost completely and forever those who come to you by simple faith. As we take this cup, help us to understand the message and the power of the blood like never before and teach us the integrity of giving our own blood in the face of all things. Let us be valiant warriors. Let us be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Let us be the people of God and they will know us by our love. That doesn't make us pushovers. That makes us Christ-like. In Jesus' name. Thank you. And take a break when you're ready, guys. Thank you. God, I worship you. Hey. squeeze you I didn't mean to embarrass you I just love you
3: and um, you can bring your spouse and um, it will be uh, 630 next Tuesday in our social hall and um, I'm gonna put a sign out sheet out tomorrow if you're not able to sign, uh, you know, sign that to send a, an email to the school, school at Harvest Triple PA. It's also open to our online students. Um, if you're able to come in and want to join us, that's great. Just make sure that you email the school. Okay. So, um, you know, that'll be a fun time and a, a blessed time. So I'm going to turn back over to Pastor Dan. Did I what? No, no. Just bring yourself. Okay, all righty.
0: Thank you No, she said, "Just bring your precious self, Miss Vicky. No food. <laughs> well, then maybe you can do for the whole thing, but you'll have to see too, because <laughs> we ain't bringing nothing. We're just coming. <laughs> We're coming for one another. Amen. You guys ready? Thank you, Father. An hour here. I didn't, I didn't plan to get in all that. Well, you guys know how that works by now, yeah. that whole thing. I wasn't, that wasn't like on our plan. But there's a place we've been before I went out of town. I don't know where Pastor had you all week. I didn't even get to talk to Pastor yet. And, and that doesn't really matter in that sense. But not that it wasn't important, it just doesn't have to do with today. But we were on a track, if you remember, really talking about healing, God's will to heal. Uh, Faith, continuing faith, faith isn't a hit, miss, win or lose, it's not a plug we pull in and pull out. Faith is the position of your heart to receive what He accomplished. Faith is something you live, to just live by faith, they don't try faith. You follow me? A lot of misconceptions about that stuff with faith, faith. I've actually believed Holy Spirit taught me years ago that a lot of times faith is located when everything's going contrary and you've already prayed and it gets worse and you continue to not budge. Faith is found in that place. Because anybody can pray when they have need. Anybody can read their Bible, see what it says, and then try to act on it. When you lose heart, especially quickly, that reveals that you're just... Trying the Bible he's trying it out. You've reduced faith to a method of prayer to get help You follow what I'm saying? Faith doesn't do that faith doesn't change its mind Yeah So if you and I what we were purposing to do there back in school there before I left for the week is to establish the will of God in our heart towards people, remember? And that we looked at the life of Jesus, He's the will of God revealed, just summarizing a little so I can teach something here, because I want to talk about just loving people as you go. And we've been wanting to talk about this, it's not the goal of our school, it's actually probably sitting in this time frame. Everything I shared before the break leads you to what I'm about to talk about, because it builds love in you. Builds identity in you, security. All of a sudden, what people say and think and project and don't understand has nothing to do with... You can't even be rejected because you're not doing anything for you for identity to be established. You already are. So even when people are rough with you, your heart just hurts for them because they don't understand your intention. If I walk up to somebody in public and mean well, and they totally misunderstand and blow me off and talk rude to me, I've lost nothing. Because I approach them for them. You follow what I'm saying? If you feel rejected, if you feel slighted, if you say, boy, that didn't fly real well, that made me feel foolish, I'm not going to do this again, then you're stepping out for all kinds of wrong reasons. You're just trying to do the Christian thing or you're saying, man, I probably should do this. They teach on it. If I'm a Christian, I probably should do this. You see what I'm saying? But. uh There's a place to be moved by love, that when you approach people, and purpose to encourage people, and purpose to love people, that even if they don't receive it, it doesn't change love. You'll find that if they don't receive it, it'll actually increase the love that you feel in your heart for them. You follow me? You'll find yourself walking and praying and interceding. and You might be amazed how that little encounter was somebody that didn't understand or blew you off or was rough with me? See because here's the deal. All those things we talked about earlier. There's a lot of things that are determining people. It's not even the real them. It's what life fashioned. So when you approach somebody and they treat you that way, we tend to read a book by its cover and say, boy, they're this and they're that. You might be amazed who they are through Christ. The only reason they're that way is because of all these things that have fashioned them. You get what I'm saying? So you have to be careful that when you look at people, you see them through that truth and you're not moved by any of that because we have our whole life lived by first impressions. True? And we read books by their cover. Right? Uh, I, want you to, I want you to see this in 2 Corinthians. I, I used it in my analogies when I got goofy with a gas pump. But I'm not going to get goofy. I feel real. Actually, I no, I feel real serious right now. I just. This is serious stuff. See, we have to be careful. In the way that we're seeing people. And. The way we're seeing people. Is going to determine how we live our life towards them and stuff. And how we handle some things. Right? So, so we've been covering this the whole school. The more identity we receive this way, the more healthy we see ourselves, the more we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. You have to understand that God didn't come and love you because you were doing everything right. God loves you because He knows who He created you to be. You follow me? He's, he's pursuing the fulfillment of who He created you to be. And He loves who He made Patty to be. He loves that. Right? He loves who He made Rachel to be, He loves that. You get it? And He paid a price to redeem that truth. Once we fully receive that truth, then what? Then we can begin to see others through that very truth. Amen? I want you to see in second Corinthians 5. Verse 14. Now, now you guys have seen this before, we've probably quoted this and talked about this. But I, we've been talking about healing, we've been talking about believing for healing in people that, that, that God didn't just tell us to teach men to pray a prayer to go to heaven, He wants us to minister to their, to their life. Encouraging people out in public. Uh, I'll give you an example. I was in a restaurant with the lady waiting on us this week. She, she, I never s- experienced a waitress like that ever in my life. Broke my heart. She's waitressing. You'd think she would smile a little even if she's struggling just because she's a waitress. And she wants tipped and she's her livelihood. So you've seen people smile when they didn't want to because it's their job. She didn't never even come close. Not, it didn't even come close to smiling. It just broke my heart. Now if you're not careful, you think, boy, what a waitress. She's in the wrong profession. Yeah, you wouldn't think of a restaurant, but want her work in here. You could do all that. And, and all of us have the potential to do that. I think, man, she got out of the wrong side of bed. What kind of... Right? And you don't understand. I'm looking at her and my heart's breaking because I'm understanding she's a waitress and she can't even come close to smiling. So you know something's not good. And uh, she comes over, she's taking orders. She is as pressed down as... As you can't even imagine it was that intense for what I mean I'm talking didn't even come close I'm trying to exaggerate my language so you can even imagine what it was like because I can't even explain it She was so forlorn I didn't know how to access her I didn't know what to do I didn't feel comfortable at our table to just affront her even in love in front of everybody because so I felt to get her alone and there was a pastor there at the table and when you're a traveling and you're a guest. Everybody always wants to bless you. And I, I said, listen man, don't you fight me on this. Give me that bill. I need to do something. Give me the bill. He says, okay. So I said, thank you. So he gives, gives me the bill. And I said, I'm just going to get our lunch. I want to I put it on my card for a reason. Well, I looked at our lunch and I'm not telling you this for any wrong reason. I'm explaining a principle. I wanted to make a statement to her and encourage her. I, wasn't, I have no need to buy her. I don't have to pay her to let me pray for her, because everything's for her. So I don't have such a need to pay, pray for her that i got to buy her. So don't get weird in your thinking when I tell this story, that, that would be weird. I want her blessed and encouraged. So, you know, the meals, a couple of us, 40 some dollars, $40 and some change. So in the tip, I just wrote $50, right? So that's a statement. And I went up and there's nobody there. She come over to take it and pay. And I said, hey, thanks for serving us today. I said, uh, man, I said, it's really hard to do what you're doing. It's almost to the point where you can't do what you're doing. She went like that. I said. The pain in your legs really bad and in your feet, it's really in your feet. And I was kind of telling her just believing I was right just to help get her attention a little bit. And she said, oh yeah, I've done this for 17 years. Plus I just found out I have liver disease. And she's just, she's just, I said, well, I said, I usually don't highlight this stuff because it's not let your left hand know what your right hand And I usually do this kind of stuff and just sneak out. But do you see that tip? And she went. And I said, yeah, I want you to be encouraged. Jesus really loves you. And this tip is just a sign and a statement, be encouraged. And uh, I've been noticing and I just was hoping we could pray. I believe that pain could leave, et cetera, et cetera. She said, you think it can, really? I said, oh, it can. I said, I'd love to pray for you. She said, well, I, I'm really busy. I got to, I said, I understand. It was the closest I seen her come into smiling when I started to do all this. And I said, honey, I want you to look at that tip again. That came on my heart in the Lord. I'm out of town. I may never see you again. I don't have to buy you to pray for you. That's a sign of encouragement. Jesus cheering you on. Begin to believe on him, call on him, ask him for help, ask him for grace every day. I said, you are so precious to him. That's why Jesus died on the cross, honey. Because God loves us all. And I'm just sharing my heart with her. And she's like, okay. And she went. and I went back to my table. and She said, well, look, i got to get this. She'd come out with, we were going to leave. And I thought, man. So I walked over to her. And I asked her if I could just pray for her. She said, you know, I don't think it's going to work. She said, i just got too much to do. And I looked around and I thought, she's pretty caught up. <laughs> and uh, she had a tray with a bunch of cups and and salads and drinks. I said, do this, honey, please. We're back here in a corner. You're coming back through to the kitchen anyway. Fifteen seconds, please. Let's just pray and see. I believe that pink can come out of your legs. Jesus loves you. I said, still, you'd be encouraged. The statement still is, but I really won't pray. Okay. She went and she put the stuff down, came back and she looked at me and she made sure that She made sure that I knew she appreciated what I was doing. She looked at me and said, I want you to know that what you're doing is beautiful. She said, I wish there was a lot more people like this. And I said, honey, we could all wish that, but greater than that, we can all become this way. I said, it's just a good thing. I said, we've been all waiting for love, and we're all created to be it. You see what I mean? So, I took—I didn't want to hold her up long. I took her hand, prayed for her. It was just beautiful. She checked her feet. She didn't know what to do. <laughs> She's like, what? Because it's, it's always there. It's really bad. And I said, listen, honey. I talked to her a little bit, and I gave her a big hug. And she looked at me again and said, Thank you for what you did. That was so beautiful. A lady is watching the prayer. And she comes over and she says, I heard what you're saying. I see you want to pray. And she just started bawling. Can you please pray for me? I'm so afraid. I said, Why are you afraid? They just told me I had cancer. I said, oh my goodness, honey, come here. And I just held her like she was small. Right in the middle of the restaurant. She's bawling. And I got some people around. We just stood right in the center of the restaurant and prayed for her. Just on a certain level, people need hope. Don't they? If she'd have never let me pray for her, just that $50 tip had a voice. Because here's the deal. When you turn and walk away, there's no string to that fifty dollars. A week goes by and she realizes you're not back and you must have been a traveler and you didn't have any other intention. It might speak louder that, than yet. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not just healing, it's loving we talk about healing a lot because Jesus did, but it's loving people. Let me tell you how Jesus is. I put a lot of things on my Neck Ministries debit card when I travel. I try to buy everybody the lunch that I'm with because I like turning the tables. Some people feel the need to serve you. It's not always love, it's reciprocation. They host you so they feel like they gotta take care of you. (laughs) When you ask to buy the lunch for everybody, It really turns the tables on some
1: folks. (laughs) No, but we're supposed to get you lunch. Where's that written? For
0: it is written. (laughs) If you bring in a speaker, you must accommodate and make sure you get him lunch every time. Wait on him hand and foot. Make sure his bed is wider than the bed he sleeps in at home. It's weird stuff out there. We call it honor. Sometimes it turns into... I'm supposed to do this. Not always. I'm not putting it down, but Tom Rotola gives me spending money for power and love. I always tell him not to bother. He says, well, you can either take it or I'll blend it into your honorarium. I said, oh, you're a bad, bad man.
1: (laughs) He said, it's up to you. He said, just take it, or I'll blend it into
0: your honorarium. I said, so... Because I'm trying to tell him those kind of expenses isn't what we need. And uh, uh, those kind of funds. I, we don't have to create those expenses for a speaker. I'm telling him, I don't need that. I'm so willing to come here and just do what I do, that little bit I do. And... Uh, they're uh, I, so most of you know that they're tending to Sharon back here. They're going to take her and make sure she's okay. I want, I want to just stop as they're taking her as a class and just uh, believe God for her, okay? Let's just pray. Grab somebody's hand. Believe for Sharon right now. That her heart's well. That her body's well. Just begin to pray out of your heart for her right now. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you for these men that are helping and blessing her. But we ask for your great power and your great presence to come. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Thank you. that Healing and wholeness would come upon her. Father, your grace and your spirit upon her. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Bless her. That every sickness would flee. Come out of her in Jesus' name. That her body would be well and strong in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, that's good, guys. That's, that's, that's good. That's, uh, you just be in faith. You just be in a position of, of your heart and faith for her right now. I just didn't want people even distracted. I felt like we need to just corporately just pray and be in a position for her. Thank you, God. I want you to catch this principle of giving and stuff. Tom gives me this money. I really don't want the money, honestly. It's not that I can't receive it. I, I, I just have that kind of giving heart. Sometimes I, I think the weakest area of my entire life is, is receiving finances. Because I'm, I'm not thinking finances. I'm not looking for them. I'm not asking for them and people purpose to bless me because they want to and i can never stop that or deny that it wouldn't be right but at the same time it's that's probably the weakest area of my life jesus is helping me with that and uh todd's the same way and thank you jesus bless her god and uh we were back praying for Sharon for a while, she was doing well, and then it seemed like she wasn't, and I, I just made a comment to Susan to make sure that she doesn't just need looked at and checked at, and I'm the one that initiated that, so I, I always told you I'm not against all that stuff. We're not going to sit here and pray, 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 and, 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 and there's a, there's, it's okay. You just never let go of faith. You don't do one or the other, you live by faith. We've gotten this weird idea that we do one or the other. So I actually encouraged all that. The, I said, listen, I, I think I'm feeling in my heart, you really, it's been bothering me the whole time I'm teaching that we need to at least address some things and, un, and, and just out of care for her, just, just look at some things. In other words, passionate as I preach and the way I preach and, and even John G. Lake, who I respect highly, would call that total deception. That it's one or the other, die if you have to. I just don't have that conviction. I believe everything you do, you do by faith and we're growing along the way. That's what I believe. I don't believe we have to, everybody has to die in the process. Because <laughs> I've learned that when the people die, we just make up more theology rather than continue the process of growing. <laughs> so why not that's just in faith in all things, amen? So that's not to me a slam or a slight or a... So Tom gives me this money for the week, for lunches, for travel expenses. I drive. He wants to pay for my gas, and I understand it's reimbursement stuff. I tell him, Tom, it's not necessary. Just put it in the Power and Love account. And he says, No way. I'll blend it into your honorarium. I say, oh, and we laugh over it because we've wrestled over those things. Tom's an amazing man. The first bunch of Power and Loves we did, I found out he was using his personal finances to pull them off, like twelve or fifteen thousand dollars of them because he was so convicted it was the will of god and the conferences weren't that well attended in the beginning because people didn't want to go out in the streets it's the truth so he thought if he'd get big name speakers he could draw interest and they still wouldn't sign up in the beginning he had jason westerfield and gary oates and and he had me like, who's Dan Moeller in there, which was funny. But it was like, man, he had Gary and Jason, so somebody ought to come. 30 people sign up. And it was to be a Christ community. You would think the place would have been packed. Now, if it was a healing conference, it would have been.
1: <laughs>
0: it was a ministry impartation conference, it would have been a sellout. Because it's what we want to receive from men. And women, people, and there's a receive mentality. What I get from God, and power and love is giving Him to the world. So it's going out in the streets eight times in four days, and it freaks most Christians out, and they get they won't sign up. <laughs> so Tom covered the cost. I found it out. You just don't need to know this, but there's just some ways that we're not. The, the gospel is not how we make a living. We minister the kingdom. We're not going to a place for an honorarium. I tell people, if you're going for an honorarium, don't go. And uh, I didn't take an honorarium for the first couple of power and loves because I told Tom, there is no way you're paying your personal finances and me receiving an honorarium so that you can give us an honorarium out of your bank account. I hope he's not mad I'm sharing all this, but it shows the integrity of people. What a Christian. So he's just doing right. It's not that way now. They're bigger attended. We get a hundred some folks. He has to pay people to fly in, he pays for airlines, he pays for hotels. He, and he's, he's good. He's a good steward of finances, he's a good administrator, he's amazing. He's gifted. I just tell him, don't lay hands on me. I just want to stay ignorant and preach Jesus. <laughs> so Don't you touch me. I so appreciate him. I am so not in that, I, I don't have any of that. And uh, it's not that it wouldn't be good. I probably would be good if he would lay hands on me. I am not good in that. But he gives me this money and me and Todd both do the same thing. We laugh and say, that's fine, Tom, we'll take it, we'll just give it away. (laughs) And we're just like, we're like little kids, like like picking at each other and it's all in fun. It's nothing unholy about it. And he says, fine, do what you want with it. You know, Jesus' blessings on this. So Tom forgot to give me the money this time and I thought, he finally understands. Well, no, he just forgot. <laughs> so watch how weird this was. Saturday night, the thing's over. I'm up there sitting, ready to go preach for the last night, and he comes over with his little money slip to sign it, and he has, he has $160 there. He says, look, I want to cover, you had to drive to meet Jeremiah, you did this, and he has it all. Always, always, you know, and I'm like, stop. I said, Tom, it's Saturday. It's already over. Yeah. But how much did you put on your card since you've been here? And I said, Tom, doesn't matter, because <laughs> it was way more than that. <laughs> he said, just take it. I said, Tom, I'm not. It's the last night. I'm not. That's fine. You know what I'll do? I'll just blend it in. And Tom, and I and I and I and I went and I was just play acting, you know. And I grabbed the thing and I went and signed my name like chicken scratch, like and just giving it back. And he's laughing and and I put it in my pocket and. I thought I couldn't really say to him, well, I'll just give it away, because it's not the beginning of the week. And uh, so I preached and everything. It was the last night. Love you, all the stuff, people, all the... It's just fun. So I go to my hotel room. We're sleeping there. And I get up in the morning. I'm laying on my bed. And the Lord said, Todd was sewing into the cleaning ladies all week, loving on them, praying for them, blessing them all week. There's three of them. The Lord said, Dan, I want you to split that between them. They work so hard and people don't understand, and I want you to tell them thank you for just being who they are and working and bless them and encourage them without a string. And I went, you are so cool. I was like, thank you, Tom, for that hundred and sixty bucks. So it had nothing to do with healing, had nothing do. it just had to do with love and seeing people for value. So I went out in the one, she's just a little thing. Hey girl, how are you today? And I went down the treadmill because it was raining. And I ran a couple miles on the treadmill, which I do not like. (laughs) Yeah, amen is right. But I just thank you, Jesus, and did it. And thank God that I had a treadmill. Uh, But it was a challenge. I like to be outside. So I come out and I got dressed, cleaned up, and I went and started loading the car with our stuff and Todd was going somewhere else to a church and 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 we were going different directions and he was going later and he was over he wasn't even at the room and I was ready to leave and I took this money and I split it up and I I uh I went to the little girl I said hey girl man I know you guys know we're Christians I know my buddy's been loving on you all week oh yeah I said well you know it was amazing I was laying on my bed this morning And the Lord Jesus puts you on my heart, all three of you. You have no idea what that means to people. they're thinking God's way out there somewhere. I said, He puts you three on my heart. Showed me how hard you work and that people don't realize just how physical it is and how detailed and how involved it is. It's hard work. And you're here because it's a job, but it's a lot. And I said, and He told me to give you this. And for you, to encourage you to just be okay and receive it even though you aren't doing our room. She's on the other floor. You don't have to do our room to get this. This is just a thank you for who you are and just the good job you do. And actually, honey, it's not from me, it's from Jesus. It looks like it's coming out of my pocket. It's really not. It's from Jesus. And I handed it to her. She didn't know what to do. That stuff speaks so loud. It's very rare that kind of stuff happens. So, I had, the, uh, you know, the money's the money, but I had this hundred dollar bill that a man handed me, and I didn't want to take it. I said, stop, what are you doing? Jesus told me to give this to you. He pulled that card on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, said, what, that's what that, what are you supposed to do? Jesus, told, well, go tell Jesus he doesn't know what he's talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so he hands me this, and I didn't, I didn't split the 163, I just did 50, 50, 50. That's what was on my heart. So I had Tom's in my pocket, and I took this 100 out, and I thought, you know what, I don't even like handing I could take 100, and they could put it in my account or whatever. Stores don't like necessarily splitting 100. I thought, a hotel's a good place to do that. I'll give it to the girl. They can split it between the two. Well, the other girl wasn't there, but the other one was, and she was off. That day, because it was a weekend day, Sunday. I said, hey, girl. I said, what was the other girl's name out here? Amanda. Yeah, you guys were here all week on our floor. It's amazing. Uh, I said, I told her the same story. And I, when I pulled it out of my pocket, she saw the $100 bill, and she literally went, like, no. I said, well, I said, it's just, you split it down the middle. You keep half, and you give Amanda half. It's from Jesus. He just wants you encouraged. I asked them if their bodies were good, if they needed any prayer. No, they were great. Your buddy's been praying. <laughs> <laughs> Todd's so good, you have no idea. He's, he's amazing. I handed her that. I ran and I'm packing. Every time I'm past them, I had to go back and forth. I couldn't fit the luggage. I had to take Bob and them to the church. They were preaching at and come back and then load up. So I'm back and forth seven, eight times since this happened. They can't stop saying, Thank you so much. Oh, have a good day. Oh, they were, it, they were like little kids. Just one gesture, financial gesture of generosity saying, It's just because of who you are. There is zero string to this. It's just because you're precious to God. You can't even imagine what that does to people. It's amazing. So it's another way to love people. Generously doing things for people. Uh, uh, a lady got healed in the conference in the store of a torn meniscus or something. And then they paid for her groceries. Wow. It's just icing on the cake. It's yeah. yeah. just fun. Because then you're not just pushing a doctrine. You're loving people. And in this economy and in this society by the world standards, doesn't make sense to live that way. But in the kingdom, it makes total sense to live that way. To give. And you say, well, I don't have that kind of finance to give. Well, we're not saying it's compulsion and you have to give. Look for opportunities. You might be amazed what Jesus tells you and how much you actually have to give when he tells you. Because of the way he works and blesses. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm blessing and buying lunches and sewing into a waitress, and a man walks up to me and says, out of the blue, and I haven't even told nobody those stories. He just says, "I'm supposed to give you this. Jesus told me give this." I'm like, dog, oh, no, come on." Well, I missed the offering last night and I wanted to put it in there, so I'm just going to hand it to you. And I'm like, oh, it's just the heart. It's a weak thing in me. It's the it's the it's the area I've located in my life that's definitely been weak, because I don't want him to do that. Don't need him to do that. I'm not there for him to do that. Not even thinking that. Todd's at the bathroom and he's going to the bathroom and we men don't talk to each other in the bathroom, but we're breaking that because I keep preaching on it. So Todd's at the, the urinal and a guy comes in and he's like, Hey dude, how you doing? He said, Look, I'm not afraid to talk to you while I'm going to the bathroom. He said, We're breaking that thing. We're not a, you can be free man, just talk to me, it's alright.
1: We really started something, because the one guy's in a stall, and the other guy's standing out telling him the prophetic vision God gave him. The guy's in the stall talking through the walls. I thought, we're finally getting free! You know? You're like, hey! You go in the bathroom, hey! Hey, yeah, hey! Like, what is that? So Todd and him are in there talking, and 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 the guy and the guy
0: he's I think he's standing there peeing, and the guy taps him on the shoulder. It's like here, I want to bless you. He said, "What are you doing?" So he finishes. He turns around. He's washing up, and the guy's standing there, and he he writes a check out. And you just don't really need to know this, but I, there's a point here. There's a principle. He said. I was listening to your testimonies and I was just thinking about how much you give and how much you sow into people and how much you bless. And I felt like the Lord said, bless him in return. And he had a couple hundred dollars written out on the check and handed it to him and said, here, I believe I'm to do this for you. Now, Todd's not doing all this. Waiting for that moment. God, I'm going to give, so you give to me. No, he's going to give because he loves. Amen. And the church has taught, give so people give to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And I don't like that in me. That doesn't feel good in me. Because that's the motivation. And where's love? Yeah, but give and it shall be given. for as Well, that's the promise. But don't give. So that, and we've got a lot of stuff in prosperity going on. You can go ahead. Bring it up to Patty. Thank you, man. And uh, Are you going to ask me a question and open up a can? Are you going to ask me a question and open up a can? Oh good. Sure. I'll let you talk. Give her the mic. Okay. I thought did I just opened a topic? No, <laughs> no good. No. Go ahead. It's no, it's all right. just
3: I'm a Uh um, would you could just say about how you, know, you give and you don't expect for it to come back? In my husband and I's ministry, when we go and we're at conferences and we have, we're have, we considered vendors. Right. We're constantly giving people things. I mean, just because. Right. Just, just because. because.
0: Did you hear that? Yeah. I like that. Does that sound pure? Yeah. Why would you do that, Paige? Just because.
3: Just because. I mean, we don't know and we don't, and it, well, you wouldn't, you just wouldn't believe it. But it's just, they, and the people don't believe it. They're like, ah, you know, and it's some of the things that we give, they're like, ah, you know, but this this past weekend we were in Phoenix, New York, and matter of fact, we heard all about love and power while we were there. Um, but anyhow, this—I I know these these people. They're—I um, think they're Mohawk Indians, and they were—they they come to all of Joe Askins' conferences.
0: That's where Todd preached on Sunday on the Mohawk Reservation.
3: Well, that's that's who it is. Uh, I can't think of his name. I mean, little.
0: Is it Pastor Willie?
3: Yes, Willie Jacques.
0: That was where he preached. Willie
3: Jacques, yep. Pastor know He pretty well from going to these conferences. And uh, well, it was his daughter Isn't all. that amazing? It was his daughter. He's the one that told us about love and power, about okay. somebody that got healed of something. But anyhow, yeah. she comes to the table. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was you know, something in his family, I believe. Yeah. It was a, a boy, I believe. I, I was in the way back. So I yeah, know I know exactly what he's but talking anyhow. about. But anyhow. Yeah. Uh, His daughter-in-law, it was his daughter-in-law came up, and her her little girls just love the jewelry. And and we've given them things, not even knowing who they were, but this time she bought them two necklaces, and I'm taking the money for it, and she goes, here, this is for you. It was a paper towel, and it was all just rolled up. I'm like, what? So I took it, and I unrolled it. Well, people don't do this we I'm not so used to giving, I don't know how to take it. Here she had made this beautiful turquoise necklace, real turquoise. She said, I knew I was going make this for somebody to bring it along, and it's for you. For you. Well, the, the tears just rolled because it's like, I can't believe, you know. It's touching and it's, all touching weekend, they're and it's pure. they all loving on me all weekend, the whole family, you know, and it's like, what is going on here? You know, I know you guys you know, by acquaintances, but not as you know, not personal. Right. So
0: it's then there's a sweetness to it all. Just flip that, and she's there. I'm given to get, given to get, and all of a sudden this is her payoff. Yes, Lord, I knew it was coming. You would miss the whole heart and the beauty, the personal. There's just a lot of that stuff going on. I know, so it's I'm just, just saying. Was just
3: a necklace, but
0: oh no, it's yeah, it, more it than that. It was more than that Way because more.
3: it was. It was the way it was made, the way they make things. If it
0: was just a necklace, you wouldn't have been crying. No. I, I sell <laughs> necklaces. I you know, know, I have
3: every necklace there is.
0: <laughs> it was way more. But do you see how that gesture of kindness affects the human heart and soul? Here she is dealing with necklaces. She has tons of them. A girl hands her necklace. She's standing there crying. Rather than, okay. You see the power of what... So that... that is what I'm seeing in her story too that we need to really grab, encouraging people. Uh, you know, I don't just I just don't give huge tips to every waitress. I always tip very generously because people know I'm a Christian by the time I leave one way or the other, and I don't I don't want them to remember the Christian that doesn't tip. I don't want to tell them Jesus loves them and hey they need to get right with God and then rob them at the table. I, it's real good. I, I want them to see the proof in the pudding and if I'm telling them they're awesome, they're precious, Jesus loves them, there's ways I can make that statement in one way simply with a tip. I, I wish church was I wish the church was the biggest tippers on the planet just because we're making a statement that it's not every man for himself and it's not a percentage, it's a heart. Amen. So there was a young girl I did that for and I wrote on the bottom of the thing. Because I even said to her, I said, Honey, I said, Have you just done this for a little while? Because you look so young. Oh no, this is my first waitressing job. And I said, Oh my goodness. I said, I don't know. You have some plans. School this that. I'm just figuring out now. But this is working for now. I said, Well, I'll tell you what, it's a blessing to just see it's who you are. You're not doing a job. It's just you. You're like perfect for this. She was just, it was just awesome. She was so natural. It was just her and she was the sweetest thing. And, And at the end, I just, I I actually tipped her. It was just me and a a person eating. It wasn't a big bill. But I I tipped her more than the meal on purpose to get her attention. And at the bottom, I just wrote, you're amazing. Keep up the good job and work. Uh, What a great disposition. Jesus really, really loves you, exclamation points. And then we slipped out of the restaurant. So she didn't know that until we were gone. Now that touches people. You know what I mean? And uh, so it's just one way. It's encouraging people. Say you don't have the extra tip to give her. You just tip her normally. You don't have a tip. You can still be real. You don't have to just preach Jesus to her. You can tell her how much you appreciate her. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things too. And we're trying to accomplish something. Just love her. Because something could open up. Something could... Next thing you know, you have her hand and you're blessing her and praying and you get to know her a little. It just, but, but love people and be genuine. Like, you know, your disposition is so pleasant. I mean, when you came over here, I was like, oh my goodness, what an amazing uh, person you are. This is just, the job you're doing is incredible. you, just, you have such an awesome or attractive personality. you're just so pleasant. And you know, all of a sudden, you're like, wow, you know what I mean? Simple things like that, simple. You know, it's not, it's not, you're not, you don't have an agenda. Your, your goal is love. I think our evangelistic mindset has crept in, and, and, and in some cases, we think it's love because we're trying to help people to lead them to the Lord. You can get so rigid in that mechanical, and you can actually do it without even loving them, trying to accomplish a goal. I think the goal of our instruction is love. And some sow, and some water, God gives increase. Some of you are going to reap, or you haven't even sown. Why are you going to reap? Because somebody else did yeah. sow. Simple things. So somebody doesn't let you pray for them, and it looks like a defeat. Watch this testimony. And they say no, and then somebody goes up to them and asks for prayer, and they say, you know what? You're the third person in two weeks. It's approached me, talked to me about the Lord and wanted to pray for me. I've told the other two no, but it seems like God must be saying something to me. How about pray? Do you see the sowing and watering process? The first time, yeah. Do you have the mic for Becky? Thanks. So the first time is like, no, get out of here, whatever. Second time is, no, no, I'm not interested. Third time is like, what is going on? Isn't that amazing? So when you ask to pray for somebody and they're even rough with you and mean with you and you stay gracious and say, no that's okay, I had no means, desire to offend you, I'm sorry you heard it that way. I just wanted to bless you, sir. Well, have a good day, man. See you. And you just walk away wonder if somebody else is living that way and they touch them a a couple days from now or a week from now or even a month from now. Who knows after a while the dots start connecting. All of a sudden God's doing something in their heart. Or they're frustrated, they're miserable, they didn't want nobody to pray, so fine. Hey, if they didn't change by now, they ain't going to change. Well, look, they're mean. You see what I mean? People change. Go ahead, Becky.
2: Um, The Lord started showing me that when I was at Power and Love in Austin, Texas, there was... um a lady that had a booth in the middle of the mall. She is uh, Islamic. She had her head down on the (laughs) on the table there and I I just looked at her and I thought, oh my gosh is she sick or something? So we went up to her and asked her if if she was okay and if she was feeling sick and she goes, oh no, I'm fasting. And their fast is from sun up to sun down and then during the middle of the night they can eat or drink they can't drink she goes I didn't get up in time to eat or drink you know and uh, I'm just feeling really weak and I said wow can can we pray for you I said I know how that is when you fast and you you feel weak and 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 uh, she, she just backs up in the booth and she goes no you know I was like no and I said that's all right we just bl- bless you and we just pray strength to you. I just pray strength to you. And we went on. Well, the next day, it was really interesting. Um, somebody came back with a testimony that they prayed for the Islam. They This Islam lady let them pray for her. So the seed was planted, and then the next, she wouldn't let us right. just pray. But the next the day, next day. They came along, and, they, and she allowed them she to brave. So it was, it was really cool how the Lord was saying, it's okay, it's just about planting. and then
0: Isn't that awesome?
2: It, it was really, really awesome.
0: So there's no failure, even when somebody says, no, you can't get discouraged, you're not doing it for you. So there's a simple point we're just making is, man, if you're not encouraged, we're just not seeing something clear. If we're not encouraged to step out in love, we're, we're taking things personal, we're not seeing the bigger picture. There was a question that was asked, wonder if somebody rejects you or gets rough with you, doesn't let you pray, and then you see them later, and uh, should you ask them again? And uh, we were in question and answer, and and I just said, listen, I said, you're not compelled, you don't have to get a point across, but if it's your heart, and you bump into them a couple days later, what's wrong with saying, hey, remember the other day we bumped in, man, I I see you're still really, you look like you're, just know that I'd love to still pray for you. I know you do, but I'm just letting you know that I would be willing. Amen. Amen. And just leave it up to, and walk away. Yeah. Somebody shot up their hand, had the very testimony from the conference. The day before they approached somebody and they were like, no, man, I don't, I'm not interested. Next day they saw the same person, bumped into the same person, went over and said, listen, I know yesterday and I don't mean to pester you, but man, it's really heart." And they were like, you really want to pray? Yeah, well, go ahead. And there was a neat move of God. See, if, if, you, if you get too analytical, you're thinking about this. You talk yourself out of love, out of faith, out of just truth. You start painting a picture. You could actually write his heart for him. And you're sitting there thinking, well, he didn't want me yesterday. He's pretty nasty. I sure don't want to take him off today. And, you know, but yeah, we're going to get you. Uh, Rachel's right behind you. She has a something.
2: Um, this actually was interesting to me because it was actually opposite. Um, I went up to a gal... I guess it was last week or so, and um, she had this whole thing, and, uh, you know, so I said, and she was very willing to, you know, share what was going on. I said, can I pray for you? She said, yeah, you're like, you know, since this has happened to her, this... she has had many people come up to her and pray. Wow. So she was like, sure, no problem. You know, So it was just, it was like, wow. And this was, you know, it's in handover, but I'm like, cool. But that's exciting. There. But there's
0: people, that shows you what God's doing. Well, that's the point to the one that said you're the third person in two weeks. Right. Yeah. So if you're the third person in two weeks, that means some other people are out there thinking like you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Pursuing people in love. It was a couple of years ago, we were down in... Uh, Charleston, West Virginia, in a grocery store, went to pray for lady, and she said, you're the, the third group of people in a couple months, like two months, that's come to me. That's amazing. And she was like, whoa. She was touched by it. We were touched by it because we were like, who's these other people? That's really cool to know. So God has a strategy, has people tucked everywhere that are doing these kind of things. Yeah,
3: with my granddaughter, I've spent a lot of time with her, and she knows me and me and prays, and she'll ask me to pray for her. So one day, I'll pick her up at Miss A's, her babysitter's, and she's in the back seat. She said, man, man you're going to be so happy and so excited. I said, yeah, what, what happened today? Well, this little girl, I don't know if she had a boo-boo or what it was, but she said that she laid hands on her, and she prayed for this little girl. And this is a little girl that she sort of had problems with, you know, Miss A's. But that, you know, I wow. just feel like my prayers were answered because I'd pray, you know, that she'll be able to have peace with this little girl. Yeah. God just wants
0: Isn't it awesome that as we live in this way, like she's saying, and the little ones, it just becomes more of a normal thought to them. As we live in this way, it becomes a... Uh, Todd said we were coming home last night and driving. We had a long drive. of seven hours or so. It was probably I think it took a little over seven to get home. But he, uh, he said, uh, when they're out in public, when he's not in town, Jackie takes the kids out and stuff. He said, Zoe, Zoe says, Mommy, they have owie. Daddy said that we could pray for anyone that has owie. So she's been doing that since she was real little. She says, They have owie. Daddy said we got to pray for anybody that has owie. <laughs> so it's in her. <laughs> and, and, and I've seen children spur on parents that way. It works both ways then. Because the parents thinking, oh man. And then they don't, what are they gonna tell their child? Well, you know, it just might not be the timing for God. <laughs> nope, you know what they're gonna do?
1: Let's go, honey. <laughs> Isn't that cool? <laughs> I think that's cool.
0: So I'm just being real simple with you today at the end of this class. Just saying, listen, Thinking about approaching people. Think about it more. Take steps of faith. Just begin to approach them at the simplest levels. Uh, Don't let your agenda be anything but love. Don't even get caught up in... I'm telling you, you can look at them and see they're hurting, you can see a brace on their elbow, you can see them hobbling, you can tell that their hip joint mustn't be good, and you can get all worked up and think a hundred mile an hour about wonder if God doesn't show up, wonder if they don't get healed, I'm gonna look so foolish, da da, 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 da da and you just go sit there and keep eating and drinking and go to your car. True? Yeah. Or you can let your agenda <laughs> your reason for walking over to them because of love you got nothing to lose but loving them, amen? And the Bible doesn't say that the first sign that follows a believer is that they're healed. It says that they lay their hands on them. We're so busy fighting over the whole healing and trying to get a grip on it that we fail to just go do first things first. Let's just approach them and say, listen, Kimberly has something Or say, uh, listen, man I noticed when you walked in here you were really hurting, is that your hip or something? You will find most people will say, Oh yeah, I have this, I have that, I'm going through this, they want to They'll tell you, they'll, they'll tell you the whole story sometimes. And you can just really graciously, simply say, Well listen, I, I really care about that, the reason I came over here, bang. Just be real, be... In the beginning, Todd used to, I would see Todd do all the time, He'd just say, Hey, do you got this going on? Hey, I see, is that your ACL or what? Yeah, can I just see your hand for a minute? Why? What do you want to see my hand for? What are you going to do, man? Oh, it's all right, man. Just want to see your hand. They'll either, you know, whatever. A lot of times they'll go like this. I guess he just take his hand and start praying. I didn't have the same confidence to do that because I felt like I was setting them up. And I just had a different view, and I thought I just wanted to be honest with people. I just wanted to let them know exactly what I was up to and exactly why I was talking to them. And I felt like some things we weren't in the past were upfront with people. I just need to be upfront. But I noticed I was giving people a lot more opportunity to say, you no, know, thank you, or debate, or bring up theological stuff. And Todd used to say, I'm telling you, dude, just take their hand. <laughs> Because I'd say, man, this person, he'd say, you just took their hand, once you got their hand it's too late. And I'd say, I, I, said, I said, I need faith for that though, I, my conscience, I, I, and to this day I have a confidence in certain situations, so I've, I've learned, to, none of it's a method. That's right. It's people and they're all unique and God knows everyone. Exactly. So you learn to grow in discernment and in love and it's not a technique. It's not a one, two, three. It's you being the best you and the most sincere you. All those other things creep in, and I believe that's why things can seem yeah, not even encouraging, you know. But, but uh, the bottom line is like, there'll be people I'll see, and I'll just find myself, Man, let me see your hand. This is going to be awesome. You're going to love this. And it just flows. There's other people I tell them straight up what I'm doing. But you know, you sit down and you say, Listen, I'm going to. I just did it. I just came out of a restaurant and the man's walking with a foot problem. And I just leaped out and ran out. And they were going across the lot. And I said, Hey, guys. They said, Oh, hey. I said, Listen, I'm not from around here. Uh, I'm only going to be here a couple days. I'm just kind of passing through, actually. Uh, But, man, you hurt yourself. What is that? Did you. Oh, and he told me about his foot. I said, Listen, here's the reason. I don't know how you'll take this, but I'm going to be honest with you. Man, I wanted to pray for you. I was hoping for the honor. I. I just know Jesus loves us. I'm growing in healing, praying for the sick. I've actually seen God heal folks. And I believe that He can heal and wants to heal. So it's really hard for me to just sit there and act like you didn't walk by. And when I said that, they're like, this dude's for real. The wife's standing there and I said, I'd really love to just pray for you right now in the parking lot here. And not embarrass you, but it won't take long. And just pray for your foot and believe the pain leaves it, that your foot changes. And... uh I said, would that be okay, Bill? He said, yeah. And, the, and they had a little granddaughter. I said, now who are you? And the, the, the wife said, that's our granddaughter. And I said, and what's your name, young lady? And she went, Olivia. <laughs> Six years old. I, she's just standing there like, who's this guy? And I said, hey honey. As soon as I addressed her and talked to her, she looked at me. I said, and what's your name? She said, Olivia. And I said, you are so precious. I said, how old are you? She said, six. I said, I have a granddaughter will be six in December. Oh, you are just as precious as her. Now you got me missing my granddaughter. I tickled her belly, you know. So I turned to the wife and I said, thanks for... And when I looked at her, it's all she can do to hold together. She is just ready to explode with emotion and tears. Just because of the pure gesture of love. And then it was ministering, I knew in my spirit, to another area of her life. And it was speaking to her and God. It was actually a God moment for her. It was amazing. See, you don't even realize. So I get down and prayed for his foot. How's your foot? He said, Wow. You know, it does feel better. And I said, Listen, man, and just the other one, I said, I, I know we got you in the lot here in cars. I'm not even going to pray. I, normally, i pray again, pray again. and But you're going to see this thing changing, I can tell. Just head to your car, man. I love you. Thank you. Man, Jesus loves you guys. Isn't it awesome? And and, uh, they made comments about this was beautiful. Man, everybody ought to be like this. I said, well, I learned it from Jesus. He's teaching me it's not about going just to church. We are the church. It's about loving people. I said, I used to think going to a service is what made me a Christian. Jesus is telling me it's loving people. The lady can't talk because if she talks, she's going to bawl. So she's like, you could see, it just was funny to me. Kimberly, I didn't forget you dear, I was just finishing my story. yeah.
4: Um, I was just going to say, you were talking about taking that step out, and I remember several months ago when we first started praying for people, I was at the post office, and a lady like totally shot me down. I mean, I got a word of knowledge, which honestly doesn't happen often, about blood pressure, and I'm obviously questioning it. and. I asked her and her face gets bright red and I was like, well, can I pray for you? Can I hold your hand and pray for you right now? And she's like, no, 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 not right now. So I left and I said, well, I'm just praying and believing that the Lord's going to heal that and, you know, just be blessed. So I leave and I have a couple errands to do and I'm by myself, so I've, you know, plenty of time to pray for people. I'm going to Giant and I'm like, I'm going to see people. So I start, the Lord tells me, like, you got to renew your mind. So out loud I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that this is who you made me and that I'm, that this is a privilege to pray for the sick. And and a lot of times when I'm not feeling love or, you know, the whole feelings thing, it's just renewing my mind even to that, like, Lord, thank you, and I'm on my way to the grocery store. So I get there, and the first lady that I go to pray for, like, really rejected me. And I was like, Lord, again? Like, what in the world? This is ridiculous. Two in a row? Because normally people are so blessed. Like, even if you feel like they're not going to be, they're just like, thank you for stopping and especially to see someone so young to them for especially an older person they're like they don't get that often um so actually at the, I got to pray for like three or four people at Giant just because I renewed my mind but I had renewed my mind again after getting rejected and I said again to her I said well I'm just she had a walker and I, I said well I believe Jesus can heal you and you know I just want to pray and believe for that and she's like I believe he can too but like kind of stuck in that I, I'm just stuck here so I saw another lady and I'm like hesitating and every time I hesitate and I let them walk down the aisle, I end up like following them around the store because like, i have to pray for them. And then I start feeling like everyone at Giant has, is going to put out a sign with my face on it saying like, yeah, like I'm going to get kicked out of
1: Giant for praying for
0: Beware people. of this face. She is stalking you. She's a stalker. No. Got another word. But it shows what we're going through too. Let me just understand. In your mind. They're, we're growing. We're learning. So you have second guesses. You hold back. Oh, should I should have. And then you end up tracking because your heart's saying, I want to. And your mind's going. And it's just funny. We, we, there was a guy at one Power and Love explained it like this. He said, Man, my son and I had a blast at Target. Oh my gosh. We finally stepped out and did this thing. And watched God heal this guy. And, and he's telling me. It was hilarious. He had us rolling off our chairs. He said, So here we are. He said, They're in a group walking and he's sick and we didn't know how to approach him because they're all together and we didn't want to embarrass him. So he said, here's the two lions following the herd of gazelle. He said, so the lions are following the herd of gazelle. And wouldn't you
1: know, the lame and weak one in the herd branched off and went down the aisle all alone. And the lions turned and went in for the kill. And we surrounded him and pounced
0: him and we got him.
1: And we were like, "Ah!" we're all laughing. (laughs) He said, the, the little weak, the little injured gazelle.
0: And he was hard. But, but they surrounded him. They, they said that for a while he felt like that. Like I had somebody say, I feel like I'm stalking people. I said, no, you're not stalking people. Your heart is finally going, hey, and you're realizing there's issue, there's need, there's, there's, there's things Jesus can address, and you're a, aware of that, and there's a war in your mind. You're not a stalker. But anyhow, well,
4: we, we could just see your poster. Again, <laughs> I really thought that. I actually texted my sister-in-law. and was like, please pray for me. I'm getting attacked, and I just need to renew my oh mind. Oh, my goodness. So the first lady, again, I look at her, and she's in a pink coat, and I just hear back. And I'm like, okay. So I end up following her, and it was an older woman. And I said, something going on with your back. She said, no, my husband just had back surgery. And um just wow. got to pray for her, and it, it was just really neat. Cause it was another one of those situations where it was an older woman, and she was like, "Where do you go to church?" Like, you know, all these things. It's the it first question most people really, ask when
0: you minister to them in their touch. Where do you go to church? You just, did you have anything else? Do you have it? No, that was, it was just. It's just beautiful. But do you see? If you take that to heart, now I liked what she was saying about staying in truth. When she's saying renewing my mind, what she's saying is, there was counterproductive feelings, emotions, thoughts, who? Rejected, two in a row, strike three, I'm out, right? <laughs> right? So she's fighting away all that, saying, wait a minute, no, it's right to love. This is it. See, so we've been conditioned to not receive love. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So if people aren't in a position to receive love, does it change love? That's why we're all saved. Because God's love never fails. Right? You got something? So I know I'm not doing a lot of teaching training on this. We don't have much time, but we can really hit it hard tomorrow.
2: We, uh, after Power and Love, we took a group from our church out and start in, to the mall and prayed for some people. And this guy just really took off with it. And he goes to the grocery store. It's kind of like Giant here. It's called Dillon's in Kansas. And he'd just go in there every day to get groceries, and he started praying for people. They have now given him his own prayer room. In Dylan's Grocery Store in Kansas. Is that
0: amazing? It's amazing. Isn't
2: that amazing? A grocery store, like giant. I was just going, whoa, you know? Because he started... <laughs> See how they handle employees. the
0: stalkers? They, yeah. just, they, they, they just set up a room for them, like the prophet's house. That way they aren't just lurking. <laughs> you know, you're, you're there at the juice section and there's Kimberly's face. Behind the juice can. (laughs) Why not just give her a room? She won't go away. (laughs) That's amazing. Do you know when Todd delivered ice, there was ice, he delivered ice, he was on a schedule. And people would find out his schedule when he was delivering ice at the places, at the Turkey Hills and stuff. And when he'd pull up with the ice truck, there was people lined up at the ice box waiting for prayer. So this thing can really take off. Yeah. Get your own room. Serious. It can really take off. Wow. This, I, I believe God's in this whole thing. Yeah. That's why we teach so much on identity, so you don't talk yourself out of it. Uh, I got taken back. I went to a mentally handicapped facility when I was there. We just sang and I went around, laid hands on everybody. And they did. They've been gone for nine years, faithfully, once a month. three different facilities commendable amazing so honored it learned a lot uh got very humbled had a couple thoughts come through my mind that i recognized as the stranger's voice immediately when i left because my heart was so shook at the reality of the condition of some people these people didn't even know you were in the room some of them it seemed i think it wasn't like that i think they know more than we think but you look at some of them and they're so incapacitated that There's no human function, it seems almost. But yet they're valuable, they're precious, they're people. So it tore me up. I had to go in the afternoon. Nobody knew this, but I actually went to the hotel room and just laid on my bed. It shook me so much. And a couple thoughts that came through that weren't the Lord were, yeah, so you're seeing some knees and backs and shoulders and a cancer here and there healed and this and that. But what about that? See, what's the big deal? Knees and backs, can't. It was it was a twist to it. As if it was condemnation. It was as if, yeah, well, where's the power of God? Look at all these people. And see, that's what humanity can tend to do in the human wisdom, is, is look at a drastic need and cut off everything that God's building and doing, as if it's insignificant, and this is what's taking us to that. Right. Are you following what I just said? Increasing growth, building on what He's doing, because we're growing to a place. Who knows that you and I can look at things with our eyes and see... And be beyond where we've grown spiritually, because this is more real than we've arrived. You follow what I'm saying right now? Yeah. Our eyes see things, and we look at things, and the way we see with our eyes, it's way above where we've arrived and grown spiritually, even though we know what the Word says, the revelation, it exceeds revelation in our life. Jesus walks into that room, he's not one bit moved by anything he sees. He's the Lord, he knows it, he's right with God, and the Father's always with him. There's zero identity crisis, he takes their hands and they straighten up. True? Is it possible for us? Yeah. Absolutely. But I promise you, it was a very humbling and sober time in that room. i on the verge of tears trying to tell you now. Grace just holds me together, you know, when I teach and stuff. You're starting to learn and tell when I get that way, aren't I'm trying not to, but I could cry right now. Because it's not that I felt helpless. It's that I just saw such a need for more of God in my life. Because I, I'm so confident to take the lady's hand at the restaurant and actually say to her, which sounds arrogant, Honey, if we pray, I, I didn't say it earlier like this, but this is what I said to her twice. If we pray, that pain's coming out of your feet. Well, I've grown to be able to be in that place and say that. Mm -hmm. What about looking at a situation like I was looking at in that home and saying, could you let me over there? If I can take their hand, they can be whole. Mm -hmm. That is just as possible. But it's growing spiritually beyond where these things have gained so much reality in our life. And we're on the spiritual journey where this becomes... Way bigger than what we see. Where the God in our heart is exploding to such a capacity that it trumps everything in our eye gate. You understand what I'm saying? Do you believe that's how Jesus lived? Do you think he was shook or moved or challenged by anything? But I promise you, and it's not that it was some expression of unbelief, and oh my God, it was sobering, it was humbling. And what I did was I laid in my hotel bedroom, uh, a hotel bed for a long time. Todd gives me all his pillows. I love it. I have pillows everywhere. We call it a pillow revival. Every power in love is a pillow revival. He took a picture of me. I have one between my ankles, my knees. I had three from my ankles up. And a couple under around. I was into it. Man. Was, he said, Dude, it looks like you're laying in a bunch of clouds. I said, Exactly. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So I just, but I, I laid on these pillows, I laid and I was just oh it's just like a groaning inside. It wasn't an unhealthy thing. I laid there and began to appreciate every sprained ankle, every knee, every back, every cancer, every eyesight, every I thanked God that He's real, and that He's showing me He heals, but there's such a deeper level of the move of His Spirit and power. There's there's such greater seemingly need out there, but God is greater, and it's not that the need is is more intense and stronger, it's how we perceive it, and God, help me to see like You see. And it just threw me into a place that was good, it was very humbling, very challenging, cause So I went and I just talked to the people like they could hear me. And I watched the others go, love them so sincerely and pray and believe and release faith. And I told them, don't you ever stop what you're doing. Nine years, once a month, you say, well, what are they accomplishing? Time will tell. Don't you ever stop. So it was one of the most honorable things of the whole week. It, It affected me more than anybody knew. I didn't really share my heart with anyone on it. But it threw me in my bed of my hotel room. This is a real good, heart-seeking time. We're done for today. Uh, I want to really talk about this, what we ended with here, love and people talking. I want to take questions and whatever, but I, I really want to make it as simple as it could possibly be, because our goal is love. Mm-hmm. Listen, if every sign's to the believer, we shouldn't be so afraid of failing, we should be concerned about not believing. Right. <laughs> love never fails, so it's not about failing, it's about loving. So two people reject you, it's just where they're at. It's not that Kimberly did anything wrong, what should I change, what did I do wrong. We get this spiritual impression that if I do everything right, it'll flow smooth. Well, if that was the case, Jesus probably needed help, because His ministry needed tweaked a little then. I bet He did right. You know what He did right? He loved. And you're sitting here today because He didn't change. Thousands rejected him at his crucifixion. Thousands came into his kingdom after his resurrection. (laughs) You get it? Why don't we stand to our feet and let's just pray? I'm sorry I'm a little late. There's a lot, man, there's testimonies running through my mind right now stuff. Rejection stuff out in public. You know, I saw a man one day in the middle of a restaurant yell at me. I had two pastors, three pastors with me. He's riddled with arthritis. He can barely walk. And I went, oh, whoever saw somebody and just went, oh. And it wasn't because I'm at power and love and I've got to demonstrate something for these pastors. Because I tell them straight up that's not what I'm doing. And I won't do that. Because I'll step out of bounds. I'll just try to do something. I'll miss the value of the person. God's amazing. He loves people. He doesn't want you just trying to do the stuff. He wants you loving. I prayed for a man with a short leg once and I told him, Listen, dude, that leg's growing out because I've never seen one not grow out. Except a 10-year-old with a 5-inch short leg. So this is like, no, this is just coming out, man. Just sit down. And I was kind of almost looked arrogant and cocky to him probably. And I prayed and it did not budge. And I prayed for 45 minutes and nothing changed. And I was like, God, I was frustrated inside. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I've seen hundreds of these things. I got in my car, I was leaving, the situation was over, and I'm driving, heading home, and I said, Lord, that is so crazy, I just don't get it. He said, Dan, don't you ever, ever again turn someone into a number. Eyeballed so hard, because I let my statistics motivate me, instead of his love. And I just turned him into another person on a list of testimonies. Instead of somebody Jesus died for. And it's amazing how even though God loved him. And I, in that It's amazing how it just shut everything up. And it just, it's a paradox to me. Because you think even in God's mercy and grace, He still just came and sent a right to the man and bam. But man, did it sober me. So trying to figure all that out and write a book on that is not my interest. We'll write wrong books. So don't even try to answer all that part. But the message was clear, wasn't it? Whatever you do, make sure it's love. I won't tell you that out of testimony. I'm already too late. Father, we just thank you for today. God, we lift our hands and just worship you and honor you and receive you as king. We thank you for Sharon. We thank you that your spirit is upon her. Lord, that you're the one that strengthens her, quickens her, and restores her. We just thank you for your unfailing love in our lives and that you're teaching us that love. Father, we've received from you, and this week we ask you to really build us in the expression of our love life, really build us in the simplicity of it. And we ask for revelation all week long that releases us in a very simple, authentic expression of your heart. Right. And Father, I ask that grace on every student, online and in this room, that there would be an amazing grace on our lives for a simple but authentic expression of your heart in life. Let people know you because they've met us. And let your goodness come in Jesus' name, amen? Yeah. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you all tomorrow, hopefully. <laughs> oh, thank you. See, I was like, probably already would have forgot. Thanks. I needed that. I really did. In fact, I'll put that in my pocket, because then I will see it.